This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? The Mark Weber here, and I'm joined by Sean Anderson. Dub them ease. That's right, dub them ease indeed. Uh, no Ricky on the podcast today. He's busy. He's we in VidCon. Him. Yeah, we fired him and sent him to VidCon uh, to represent Most Valuable Podcasts with Dave Oster. Uh, but today we're going to continue what we just began, and that's talking about every uh, single team in the NFL, all the previews, talking about what they did in the offseason, in free agency, in the draft, what we can expect, what we are nervous about, all those type of things as we go on. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the NFC East this time, featuring, of course, Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles. But we'll get to them later as we talk about the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Giants. We're going to go from the bottom with the Giants and work our way up, as we always do. But before we do that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping Of course, if you wouldn't mind, hit that sub button so that way you know when everything's going on, especially uh, when we actually have more of these team previews going up and we hopefully get to your favorite team. Uh, Leave comments, hit the thumbs up, all that stuff. Head to mostvaluablepodcast.com where you can see everything that's going on from MVP. Go to patreon.com backslash mostvaluablepodcast where you can actually get to be on a podcast like the onside kick, like the fast break. Uh, if you like basketball and you like to listen to Sean talk, you can do that. Uh, of course, we also will have T-shirts. Neither mm-hmm. one of us are wearing them right now, but trust us, they look great. You can find those on mostvaluablepodcast.com. You know, I wear it so much. It's so yeah. comfy. You, it's it's nice. You got to wash them when you wear them so much, but that's okay because they won't shrink on you. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I don't really know if they won't shrink or not. Mine has not <laughs> shrunk, but... Mine hasn't either, so I mean, so far we're two for two. We're good. We're good, 100%. Like I said, NFC East today, we're going to start off, let's talk about the New York football giants, who, as we were going before uh, we actually hit record, you know, there was a few things that the giants did, and we're like, but really, what matters is health. Mm Mm-hmm. Can they stay healthy um, because of guys, you know, like when Brandon Marshall got hurt, Odell got hurt, Shepard got hurt, everybody was hurt. All of a sudden, they don't have any of these weapons out there. Eli Manning had a really rough season uh, because of that, but things should hopefully kind of right themselves a little bit. But let's first, let's talk about with the with the Giants, let's just talk about some of the offseason free agency moves that they made. I mean, they get rid of Brandon Marshall. Uh, they signed William Gay, Michael Thomas. Uh, they no longer have JPP. They get Cody Latimer, which is a move I completely forgot about. Mm-hmm. Nate Solder, which might be one of the better moves that they made to sure up that offensive line, which certainly needed help. Uh, and, of course, getting rid of Rogers Cromartie and signing Jonathan Stewart. There's a lot of new pieces. Do you have any kind of favorites or any things you're worried about that they lost? My favorite one is that Jonathan Stewart one. I'm not too worried about what they lost because I think this team needed a change. This team needed to get some of the old culture out and bring in some some, some new players. And, you know, obviously they got rid of McAdoo and brought in Pat Shermer to be their head coach. Um, but the biggest one I like is that Jonathan, J- Jonathan Stewart move because he's still a decent running back, but now he's going to be the second guy behind, clearly, uh, Saquon Barkley. And you look at that offense, you look at those injuries to the wide receivers. The one thing they didn't have last year was a capable running 
running back to get them consistent yards. Now you have Saquon Barkley, who we think is going to be an absolute stud. You yeah. still have Jonathan Stewart, a guy that's consistently getting yards and has been consistently getting yards no matter his age. So he's a guy that's going to be able to run behind this upgraded offensive line, clearly with Nate Solder. Um, they added Jerry John as well. This is a team that now can you know come up and, and, and possibly have a dual threat offensive attack through the air with one of the best mm-hmm. wide receivers in the game in Odell Beckham Jr. Still a capable quarterback in Eli Manning. And now that dual head rushing attack with yeah. Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Stewart. And now, hopefully, if everyone's able to stay healthy, you're going to be able to get Pat Shermer to get his culture in there, get his at least uh, offensive scheme in there. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this is, a, this is a Giants team. Again, hopefully, because there's a lot of questions still with this Giants team. Yeah. Hopefully get around that eight-win marker, possibly mm-hmm. the playoffs. It's very obvious, I think, what they're trying to do. I mean, you get a guy like Nate Solder, you draft Will Hernandez— uh, uh, in the top of the second round, mm-hmm. you have Saquon Barkley, you have Jonathan Stewart, and you get Pat Shermer. I mean, that's the big thing. It's very obvious with this head coach that look at what the Minnesota Vikings did. They were a dink and dunk kind of team that will kind of lull you to sleep, and then they're going over the top. Mm-hmm. They are a strong running team. When Darkwa had 750 yards last year, and that's your leading rusher. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna, you know, be upset to have 750 yards. Sure, why not? But that's not good enough. You know, it's not good enough. There's reasons why Ben McAdoo's offense wasn't really working, and why they're going a completely different act, uh, direction. They don't want to be this very pass-heavy team that's relying on. Well, if you know our three wide receivers get hurt, we're screwed. There's yep. nothing we can do in that case. Um, take some of the pressure, of course, off of Odell, who hopefully is going to be healthy again. But I think that's a really good thing, and it was very obvious to me uh, that that's really what they tried to address. Now, I also kind of think that maybe they should have done a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. too. I, um, I honestly kind of like their defense. And this is one thing that, I mean, we look at this team last year, and we completely torched Ricky for picking the Giants last year to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not many people thought that outside of Giants fans and Ricky. Um, but this defense was, you know, Pretty decent, and we look at the players on this defense. I mean, Alec Ogletree is a monster, mm-hmm. um, and they, they just got him in that trade uh, from from the Rams. Olivia Vernon, Vernon, Vernon on that line still good. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with losing JPP, but even you look at that secondary, I mean, Landon Collins is one of the best safeties in the league. Eli Apple was horrible last year, but, I mean, yeah. he had a great rookie year. And, and apparently maybe, they're going to give him another shot. And maybe they, getting not rid giving of up on him Ben yet. McAdoo will, will help. Maybe mm-hmm. getting him giving him a second chance uh, will, will kind of you know put him in the right direction. But this team still has a lot of pieces that I do like, and even Lorenzo Carter. I mean, you look at their first three picks, Saquon Barkley, Will Hernandez, and Lorenzo Carter, all of those guys I I absolutely love. I think they had a really strong draft. I think this defense definitely has the ability to come out and and, and at least do enough because, Mm -hmm. you know, clearly they're going to be going up against the Eagles twice a year, but I think they have a good enough defense to probably slow down the the Dallas team. Um, I know Zeke is uh, a monster, and that offensive line is absolutely stacked, but we saw last year what the Cowboys were able to do without Ezekiel Elliott and wasn't too good. Um, We know if you're able to put pressure on Dak Prescott, he's going to have a rough time there. And the Redskins, you know, Alex Smith is a capable quarterback. I know you guys love him, Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he comes into that uh, Washington Redskins offense. So you look at yeah, those. He's at least going to be efficient. Yeah, you look at those six games in, in the in the in the division. They're going to have a, a shot in every single one of them. Maybe not the Eagles one in Philly, but at least mm-hmm. I think they have a shot at, at those five games because I think their defense is strong enough. It's not going to be you know a world beater um, in in top five defense, but I think it's going to yeah. be you know 
solid top 15, top uh, 10 mm-hmm. defense. I think they have a lot of playmakers on, on that side, and I, I love Landon Collins so much. Um, I think I think he's a true true stud. So yeah. I, I think this New York Giants team, I don't think they're great, but I think you know I wouldn't be too shocked if they did make the playoffs because if they're able to stay healthy, we know Eli Manning's able to stay healthy. We know he's at least consistent. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to throw touchdowns. He's going to throw picks. Despite his record being... Ended. Yeah. Uh, Not by choice. No. Uh, and, and we know they have an outstanding playmaker on the outside in Odell Beckham. And, and you look and, and talked about the dink and dunk system that they're going to put in. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram was one of the best rookie tight ends uh, last year. And, and he's he looks like he's going to be able to fit into that system. And if Saquon lives up to the hype, their yeah. offense is going to be able to do enough. And again, I think this this defense is going to be, you know, not mediocre, but middle of the mm-hmm. pack, maybe a little a little bit higher. And I think they're going to be, again, doing enough to at least, at least win a couple games. So... With with that, and I mean, I guess, you know, part of the preview thing is we're going to talk a lot about what, think, what teams did right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and of course we'll get to certain things that we think teams did wrong, but I mean, we don't want to be negative the entire time either. Um, and currently everybody is tied for first place, or if you want to say tied for last place, you're a pessimist, but <laughs> currently everybody's tied for first place right now, so there's a lot of optimism, there's a lot of hope. Is there a chance that, I mean, they were 3-13 and 13 last year, but is there a chance that people are sleeping on the Vikings, or Vikings, I'm, I don't even know today, uh, but sleeping on the Giants right now? I think so. I think just because of how bad last year mm-hmm. was, it's it's fairly easy just to laugh at the Giants, you know, laugh at the decision to yeah. start Geno Smith over Eli Manning and, and one of the worst moves that luckily isn't the worst quarterback move last year, the worst clearly being the Bills starting Nathan Peterman over Tyrod Taylor, but still. And oh, going back to him at yeah, one point in time. Back yeah. to him. Uh, I mean, it wasn't five picks bad, but it's still ending uh, a marvelous record from Eli Manning mm-hmm. um, just because you wanted to change things up a, get, a bit in the middle of the season when you're doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and we also look at the Eli Apple stuff. That stuff was, you know, comedically bad uh, from the Giants. Dominic Rogers Camardi, again, comedically bad there. You saw the injuries. This is a team that I think people might be sleeping on because, again, I think their defense is solid enough. I think their offense, if all these pieces fit, this mm-hmm. could be a team that, that wins eight, eight, eight or ten games. Um, and, and, again, it kind of goes back to how will OBJ play coming back um, off the injury? Will he play with that whole contract situation? And then also, if he's going to play with that contract situation and he's not getting re-upped, yeah. it might be a motivation where OBJ is going to be better than what we've seen that before. That pre-contract year is a wonderful mm-hmm. year. I mean, o- OBJ mm-hmm. not playing for a contract is something. So yeah. I wonder if he has that motivation of playing for and a he, contract, what it's going to be like. And he does say he's going to be attending camp, and mm-hmm. he, he is t- attending camp. So, you know, that's... That's good. That's fantastic. You want him there. You have a new coach, so there's this kind of new uh, this new atmosphere. You know, you don't want to leave a bad impression with the new coach and things like that because he's got no loyalty to you. He can get rid of you if he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, but I'm just saying that's the motivation for Odell to actually show up and play. Well, it gives it the same to Eli Apple, too. It's like yeah. they have no loyalty. You're on your last shot. So that's why I think you know Eli Apple, even though mm-hmm. last year was so bad, that could be you know something that at least turns around because yeah. he's still young. And, and some things that are a little bit misleading, I think, with the Giants is when you look at their total team type of stuff, I mean, this team gave up a ton of points last year. Their average a game, 24.3, is really, really bad. Uh, they only scored an average of 15 points. I think those two are, for some, for some teams, they're very, very telling of what last season was. And the Giants are one of those teams where it's very, very telling. This offense couldn't do anything anything worthwhile and mm-hmm. because of that that defense was out there all the time that fact alone of having a competent running game and having healthy wide receivers is going to help out that defense as well just to let them catch a breath every once in a while it's not going to be just three and outs where you're like all right guys 
get back out there. It's your turn again. Mm-hmm. So this is certainly going to help out a lot. The the problem for any of these teams, but you know, talking about the the bottom half here is the fact that it's a very tough division. Any of these teams, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles just won the Super Bowl, but any of these teams can win this division next year. Yeah, and we saw, I mean, even the Cowboys the year before when they had Zeke, what, what mm-hmm. they were able to do. Um, the Redskins are, are an interesting team. I think I'd probably favor them the least out of the four. We'll, we'll get to that in the, in the preview, obviously, um, of the Redskins. But again, this is a team, like you said, I mean, this is con- consistently uh, one of the most competitive um, divisions in, in, in the whole NFL. And it's going to be interesting when you see what these teams can do at home, how the Giants are going to be able to do against the Eagles, the yeah. Cowboys, and the Redskins all at home. Um, and, and that's really how you're going to be able to win this division. We consistently see this is one of the, the, the divisions like the AFC North that's consistently close, that there's always a changing of the guard near yeah. the top, whether it's the Giants, um, who've won two Super Bowls since 2007, like the Eagles last year, the Cowboys are consistently, you know, with Romo, even with Dak, are consistently 8-8, eight and eight, you know, coming even closer to the playoffs. So this is going to be a bloodbath in the AFC or in the NFC East um, like we usually expect. So I think with the Giants... It's going to be the, the. I think the biggest thing for them is how they're going to adapt to that Pat Shermer culture. And we've seen before new head coaches in their first year. It's 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 going to be something if if they adapt to them, they might skyrocket and they might yeah. be able to take off that energy. They might be able to win a couple early games and just gain that confidence. Especially having a veteran quarterback, having a, a dynamic playmaker on the outside like OBJ, having a, a hopefully a dynamic stud of a running back at Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. um, and and again a solid enough defense. This defense last year was pretty much middle of the pack and. That was even, you know, giving up 25 points per game. You know, they only had a negative three uh, turnover dif- differential. That's with Eli Manning as your quarterback, one of the most, um, at least, consistent quarterbacks it is when throwing picks and interceptions. Um, mm-hmm. That's with no yeah. wide receiving help at all. And I, I, and I think they even have a pretty decent pass rush. This is a team that, again, I think can can ha- that has the right pieces, um, especially in the division, to at least go three and three, maybe even four and two if they're able to beat the Redskins mm-hmm. um, and the Eagles and Cowboys once. This is a team that if they're able to do that, they might be looking at the playoffs just because, again, you're riding that high of a new coach, that new system, and uh, just a fresh start for everybody. Yeah. OBJ, fresh new season. He gets to get away from you know punching, uh, kicking uh, nets or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, he gets to play for a new contract. Yeah. Saquon gets to revitalize this New York Giants team. Eli Manning gets to rebuild his legacy. Eli Apple on the defensive end, too, and, and even Al, Al Ogletree coming from the Rams to the Giants gets to you know pretty much prove, like, hey, you guys shouldn't have traded me. I'm worth it, and and, and he, he's going to be a guy that yeah. I think is going to be an interesting um, addition to this defense. So it's it's pretty much a fresh start for the Giants. Mm-hmm. And if they do want to take it, even Pat Shermer, too, getting another ho- head coaching job, it's a fresh start for him. It's something that if they're able to take all of that momentum, this is a team that can make some noise. And the, the thing that's going to be a challenge for them, as I mentioned, the division, but just their schedule as well. I mean, you'll look at schedules and you see a couple games like, all right, we got some gimme games. There is not a single game on this schedule where I'm like, yep, Giants are winning it. I mean, and it's not because the Giants are a bad team. Yeah. It's not because I think they're going 0-16, but they're going to play, uh, you know, you look at the fact that they're playing teams like the Jaguars. You're playing the Texans when they're going to have Deshaun Watson back. The Saints were just a playoff team. You know, they're playing, well, basically I can just say they're playing the NFC South and yeah. you'll get it. But, you know, they're playing tough teams where, like, the if you're just going to say purely – on paper or by records, the easiest team on their schedule is probably the Buccaneers, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Colts by that time should have Andrew Luck. When, what is that, week 16? Yeah, he should be back by then. You know, we're hoping that he's healthy, but there's not much easy 
on this schedule. I mean, the best thing they can do is go in week one and really surprise the hell out of everybody and just beat the Jaguars. That will make a statement. Well, and it's at home, too, which is going to mm-hmm. be to their benefit. I mean, you talked about it. Seven of their uh, their first eight opponents made the playoffs in the past two years. I mean, Jacksonville last year, Dallas the year before, Houston the year before, New Orleans, Carolina. Those were both playoff teams last year. Obviously, Super Bowl champs in Philadelphia, Atlanta, making it to the Super Bowl the year before and the playoffs last year. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a schedule. And even the teams that are bad um, on their schedule, like you mentioned, San Francisco went 6-0 and to end the season. Tampa Bay is still an interesting young team with Jameis and your boy Mike Evans. We clearly love the Bears here on, on MVP. Exactly. And Indy, like you mentioned it, with Andrew Luck, they might be a playoff team because when he's playing, they typically are a playoff team. And yeah. he's going to be hopefully healthy by that that point. So, like you said, I mean, and then even then, like Tennessee, former playoff team, or mm-hmm. you know, playoff team last year. So, it, it's a hell of a schedule that they have to deal with. Not only, like we mentioned, the hellacious NFC East that they have to go through, even the outside of that, it's yeah. going to be a, 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 so it a can, one hell of a ride. It can potentially be a difficult season where maybe the Giants are only a 6-10 and 10 kind of team mm-hmm. next year. But really, this is one of those times, and people get mad at me for saying this sometimes, but you know they don't want the moral victories. They want wins and losses on paper. Yeah. Um, but it might be a season where, honestly, if you're 6-10, and 10, but you were close in a lot of these games— that's not a bad thing because next year your team has a full year under their new head coach, mm-hmm. understanding the scheme. They're kind of kind of reset some things because there were some voids on the roster that needs needs to get addressed. But you know, if you get this offensive line working the way it should, you get a competent run game and people stay healthy. That alone is something to be happy about. That's where I disagree with you, though, because it's not really a. I, I think you can't go with a moral victory for this New York team because mm-hmm. we have to look at their window. And you're going to have Saquon for that rookie year, a rookie deal for the next five years. But also, your dynamic playmaker on the outside, OBJ, might not be on this team next year. That's and the true. biggest question is, your franchise leader in Eli Manning is getting older. We don't know when he's going to retire. We don't know when he's going to have a bad break and possibly get injured. And you took a gamble not going with a Sam Darnold, who was on the board. You went with Saquon Barkley, and you're putting your investment into a 37, 38-year-old quarterback mm-hmm. in Eli Manning. So your window is now. Your window is the next three years. And if you miss one of those years it's only two uh, it's only you know two more years after that to go and win another Super Bowl with Eli Manning under the helm so you have yeah. to push now so this is where I, I disagree with you there I don't think it could be a moral victory for the New York Giants this year you have to get eight wins nine wins ten wins you mm-hmm. have to put yourself into the position to make the playoffs if you are the Giants and then hopefully you get the luck of the draw again like you did you know the the, the two Super Bowls that you won even though you're the sixth seed you're able to run the table and win the Super Bowl you need to do that again this year because that's the goal for the Giants and you know this is a team that again was three and 13 last year and now their goal is the Super Bowl but that's just because of what Gettleman put them into yeah. is Eli Manning still a capable quarterback yes but he's 37 38 and he's you know might break down he might just lose it I mean look Let's look at his brother. I know, obviously, two different scenarios because Eli's been more of an Iron Man than Peyton is, and Peyton's more skilled than Eli was. But, you know, this can fall off the table at any point. And I don't think he's on that TB12 diet. I don't know what the Eli mm-hmm. 10 not drinking diet, enough water. Yeah, I don't know what the Eli 10 diet is like, <laughs> but he might not have that body to hold up past 38, 39 years old. And one hit could knock out your franchise, and then you're throwing in Kyle Aletta to, yeah. to be your, your, your starting quarterback. So, it's something where I, I think that the Giants need to win now, and we mentioned the schedule. It's going to be a, a tough one. And we, if you look at the bye, um, week nine, a week nine bye, you have to be going in 
near 500 or, or three and five, yeah. you have to be putting yourself in, in scenario to go with eight wins because you're going to have your, your easier opponents, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Chicago, Indianapolis, like we mentioned. There's four wins there, but you have to at least put yourself in that position mm-hmm. by the bye week to uh, at least get those wins. So if I'm the New York Giants and, and the New York Giants fans, you got to be hoping for a hot start gain some confidence, and maybe you falter against the good teams like the New Orleans, Carolina, Philadelphia, and Atlanta stretch. If you go 1-3 and three and that's your worst stretch of the season, maybe that's a moral victory. But in the end, this has to be a team that's looking at the playoffs or maybe even you know looking to going into that Dallas yeah. uh, game in Week 17 to put themselves into the playoff. And, and it's one of those hard things because I don't think that when we really look at it, you know, because we we have Peyton who came back from a devastating injury. Mm-hmm. We have Tom Brady who apparently the world believes he's playing until he's forty five because he wrote forty five on an Instagram post. Um, but we have these guys who are playing late, later than what we typically would expect they should play. And Eli will be thirty seven for the vast majority of this season, so there's a chance that you have a little bit longer out of Eli than you might think. Now, every year, of course, people are going to complain about Eli Manning because Eli Manning is a great quarterback, but he has his flaws. You know, mm-hmm. he does make some poor decisions. He does throw a few too many interceptions more often than not. But Pat Shermer's here. And Pat Shermer is a quarterback savior in a lot of ways of he brings those things down. He will make you more efficient. He will make you smarter in a lot of ways in those decisions that you make. I think this is a fantastic move coaching-wise, because this should actually give some longevity to Eli Manning and addressing the offensive line in multiple different ways in the free agency and in the draft is showing them that there's are showing us that the Giants are very serious about keeping Eli Manning here for a long-ish period of time. Well, it's going to be interesting because maybe we do see another Eli renaissance. I mean, we saw in 2013 he had one of his worst seasons, 18 touchdowns, 27 interceptions, a 57% uh, completion percentage, under 4,000 yards, and had a quarterback rating of like 69% there. And then he went back up to 92, 93. Then he's you know come back on the decline um, the past two years, 86 and uh, an 80 quarterback rating. Maybe he's able to turn that into and become more of a, a, a you know completion uh, guru. I mean, he uh, for, uh, for his career, he's still under sixty percent as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see if Pat Shermer can, you know, kind of take that and turn Eli into more of an accurate passer, more of a guy that's going to be, you know, not taking too many risks down the field and being that gunslinger. Yeah. But that's a lot to ask for a guy that's been playing a certain way for the past, you know, what fourteen years now, thirteen years now in, in yeah. the NFL, being a guy that has his place in New York. And the only way he didn't have his place was because Ben McAdoo wanted to make a power move and throw mm-hmm. in Geno Smith for a quarter. So. I think with Eli, the biggest thing is how is he going to adapt to this Pat Shermer offense, and maybe he can have a renaissance. Maybe he can take that next step to being a guy that's you know over you know near sixty five percent completion percentage, near sixty four percent completion percentage. Uh, but again, I, I, we've seen Eli Manning enough where I, I think that with OBJ on the outside. I think he's probably going to be still that quarterback that takes deep shots. He's still going to yeah. be that guy that, again, needs to win ball games for his club. And this Giants team might be in close games a lot where Eli will have to throw the ball deep and we'll see how his arm strength is mm-hmm. at 37 years old. Yeah. We'll see how he's able to move around in the pocket if he's still able to be fluid and still be able to shake off defenders. If Eli doesn't have that, then Eli doesn't really have that many skills because his, yeah. his, his you know the best thing about Eli is his arm strength and his ability to at least use his bigger body to at least escape from uh, p- pass rushers even though he does have a better offensive line this year escape from pass rushers and be able to extend the play so 
I think Eli, it's kind of a make or break year. If he's able to have a good year, then maybe we do take that as a moral victory and say, mm-hmm. all right, we got a couple more years under Eli Manning. But if he comes out there, he looks bad, or if he gets injured, God forbid, I mean, this is going to look like a bad mistake yeah. passing up on a guy like Sam Darnold or Vincent Rose. It's possible because you look at the depth chart and it's Davis Webb or it's Kyle Luletta. Mm-hmm. And Webb, they weren't even confident enough to put him out there last year, yeah. which I think, and people, Giants fans got mad at me for saying that on Twitter, but I'm like, that tells you something if they're not mm-hmm. willing to give the rookie a shot in what is a waste of a season anyways. Um, I mean, they gave Nathan Peterman a fucking shot, for, yeah. for God's sake. I mean, Yeah, and that's a joke. And G- Geno Smith was your quarterback for a little bit. I mean, Geno Smith has been uh, written off the books that's since a, his first game as a You know what Geno Smith is. You don't know what Davis Webb mm-hmm. is. Let's find something out. Well, and if we're looking at this, you, I mean, even let's look at Kyle Aletta. I mean, they took another quarterback in the fourth round just around where they took Davis Webb yeah. at three last year. I mean... I, I get it. We don't know what we've gotten on it, but you have to at least try and see what you're going to exactly. get for him. Um, and if they go to Kyle Aletta first, if he ends up being the second on the depth chart, then that just looks like a waste of a pick because now you just wasted a pick in the third round in Davis Webb where you could have went out and gotten a guy for, for the offensive line. You could have gotten mm-hmm. a, a guy for the linebacker position or even a pass rusher in the third round last year. And it just looks like a mistake if Davis Webb never takes a step in a, in exactly. a Giants uniform. And that's that's dangerous. And with Eli Manning, I mean, they need to have a good season out of him. I mean, because he's never had higher than he's never had a sixty four percent completion season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they need something good. He's had his great seasons. He's been close to five thousand yards um, once or twice. But they need to either have this kind of renaissance with him or turn him into this just very safe, almost Alex Smith like. Let's be smart. Let's be efficient. Um, and let's just let the team be successful. Mm-hmm. But one of the best things about Alex Smith and even Case Keenum, if we're looking at last year, is these guys have a lot of mobility. They have the ability to mm-hmm. you know, possibly pick up a first down with their feet. Eli yeah. Manning doesn't have that ability. I mean, For sure. And, and we look at Peyton. I mean, Peyton had, had his moments uh, every now and then, but he's you know, a very similar athlete to yeah. Peyton Manning. These guys are old-style quarterbacks. They're pocket passers. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to even wonder how Eli Manning – if he's going to hold back this Pat Shermer offense, because he's not going to be able to step up and pick up 10 yards on the ground with his feet. So it's going to be really interesting, at least to to say, how Eli Manning adapts to this 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 New York Giants offense and this Pat Shermer offense. Because, again, like you said, he's a kind of enigma. He'll throw 25 interceptions. He'll lead the, the, the league interceptions three times throughout his career. But he'll also, again, like you said, almost have 5,000 yards back in 2011. Um, so he's a guy that might go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but then people are going to look back and be like, mm-hmm. really? Why? You know, he won two he won two Super Bowls, but that was because of his defense. Yeah. Um, and, and he's a guy that, you know, again, he's Eli. He's, he's Peyton's brother. He's not Eli Manning. He's Peyton's brother. For sure. So it, he's going to be go, – he's going to go down as a, as a legend – or maybe at least a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be a guy that, again, maybe he's in that, that Phil Sims era where it's like, all right, he wasn't that great. Yeah. Yeah, and then he definitely, when we're 20 years in the future, people are going to talk about Peyton. They're mm-hmm. probably not going to talk about Eli that much, uh, unless we're talking about Tom Brady, which then Eli Manning will come back up yeah. as the, the Brady beater. Uh, but for all of our Giants fans, let us know what you guys think about their difficult schedule, about the additions they made in the draft, in free agency. Is this defense going to be good enough? Is Eli coming back, or are we just seeing a slow decline of what was a staple in the NFL? Let us know down below. All right, so to move on to the Washington Redskins, this is the team which, even though they were not in last place 
in the division last year. I think the Redskins probably, for the average person out there, have the most questions that need to be answered. Well, and they're a team that I don't remember any of their wins. You know, they went 7-9, and nine, but I don't remember any of those seven wins. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of them were, like, big wins. This is going to piss off Redskins yeah. fans. We're well, not even a minute fair, into the video. But to like, be fair, I don't if rem- you're the Giants, it's easy to remember three wins. Yeah. You know, there you go. Now the Redskins fans can be happy. Well, we and even also, the like, the Giants had that uh, game against uh, the Chiefs where, you yeah, know, uh, yeah. uh, what's-his-face, uh, Mar- uh, Marcus uh, their court, uh, Marcus Peters just, like, mm-hmm. throwing his shoe into the crowd. Like, yeah. that, that was memorable. I don't remember anything from the Redskins besides them getting stomped on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Well, bye Redskins fans. <laughs> but anyways, to talk about the Washington Redskins, the reason why I say there's a lot of people have a lot of questions on them mm-hmm. uh, are let me f- first get to what I think is a big concern and then we'll move over to some positive things. Uh, but a lot of their players have had surgery in the offseason. Guys like uh, Trent Williams, Jordan Reed, uh, Morgan Moses, Stacey McGee. They had a lot of players that had that were injured last year. So much that they required some type of surgery. And that, I think, for a lot of people, is bringing up the hopefully these guys come back. Because those are some important people there, too. But the Washington Redskins did actually do some really good things. Uh, free agency with getting Pernell McPhee. I I mean, we're in Chicago. We love that, obviously. Uh, Paul Richardson. They traded for Alex Smith, which is really what the the big story is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, of course, in the draft... They get guys like uh, Deron Payne, which we love Deron Payne on this show. Uh, Der- well, I don't, I'm assuming that you also love Deron Payne. Good, yeah, I, I like the pick. And one thing I do want to correct myself, they actually won on Thanksgiving. That's how memorable it was. They, oh, they beat the Giants. I don't even remember it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> the next week they got stopped by Dallas, though, 38 to 14. But yeah, I like Deron Payne. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that's going to make – I mean, it was him and uh, good old uh, – the guy that got uh, drafted from Washington, I can't Vita Vea. Yeah, Vita Vea. Um, you know, he was he was second defensive tackle in my mind, but I thought yeah. he was a really good uh, addition to this Redskins team. I thought they were either going to go Vita Vea or they were going to go Deron Payne. Um, I still like the fit there, and and especially that second round pick getting Darius guys. It's just mm-hmm. adding to that offense. And the biggest thing that I'm questioning is is how this offense is going to look because they weren't awful last year. They weren't no. spectacular, I but mean, it's going to be completely different. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins didn't have a lot of help last year because you know Doxon wasn't consistently healthy healthy but they now added you know doc, a healthy docs and hopefully they got uh paul richardson from seattle they brought in brian quick so they're going to have four guys that they're going to look at in docs and crowder richardson and quick on the outside and then the biggest question for them offensively is going to be can jordan reed stay healthy because yeah. we know what alex smith can do he's not going to be a super different quarterback and we know that they have some decent running backs rob kelly um is pretty good when he when he is healthy darius guys clearly chris thompson was fantastic last yep. year especially coming out of the backfield samaji pirine has been even decent so they have the running backs. They have the wide receivers on the outside if they can stay healthy. The biggest thing is, will they have that game changer in Jordan Reed, which we've seen him to be, but yeah. how much is he you know, going to be healthy? How much has the injury and that, affected him? And, mm-hmm. and this offense, if they're able to stay healthy, could be a really interesting offense this year and, and maybe very similar to that Chiefs offense that we saw last year. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a thing they need because you look at this team and they're thin at wide receiver. This is a team that I... I think in order for them to be successful, they have to run the ball very well, and Jordan Reed is going to need to be healthy because, mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Reed, for anybody who's had him on fantasy, they know he's that guy who one week, he wins you the game. The mm-hmm. next week, he gets nothing for you. Yeah. you know, and, and part of that, of course, is because of injury, but they need desperately for nothing to go wrong on the receiving 
area. Well, and, and the reason I compare him to the Chiefs last year is because, I mean, outside of Tyree Kill, they didn't really have a game changer on the outside from, yeah. from that wide receiver position. But we've seen Jamison Crowder be a really decent and, and consistent performer out on the field for the Redskins. And I think he's going to continue to do that. Paul Richardson's an interesting guy because he's a, he's a pretty decent deep threat. Yeah. And John oh, yeah. Doxson was a first-round pick, and, and he hasn't been consistently healthy. And if he is able to be con- healthy, I mean, people loved him coming out of TCU back in 2016. So he's, I mean, I think they have mm-hmm. three quality wide receivers. I think, you know, obviously if one of those guys goes down, then it's going to be a big thing. Maybe they even go out and, and get Des Bryant um, and add him to the team. I think that's very unlikely. Tennessee Titans um, apparently is what they're saying. Oh, really? Is that... Um, they're kind of leading as a favorite at the moment. But these are all rumors. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. But, I mean, you know, again, if they feel like maybe even go to get T.O., um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they, they, they— That'd be fun. I think they feel—you know, he's, he'd be three away from finishing out the uh, NFC East because he, he need to hit the Giants, too. But um, I, I think it'd be—you know, I think this, Wash, this this wide receiving core, at least, will be interesting because I do like Paul Richardson. Um, he, he was a pretty decent performer for Russell Wilson. Now, he had Russell Wilson as his quarterback, but Alex yeah. Smith isn't too far off. Um, you know, not as as great as great of a thrower, not as great as a leader, but he's still mm-hmm. pretty damn good. Um, and and I think Jameson again is consistent enough. So I think this offense again, if they're able to be healthy, they have a really good offensive line. I mean, Brandon Scherf's fantastic. Trent Williams clearly fantastic. Um, so I think that this is going to be a team that will be able to protect Alex Smith and be very similar to that Chiefs offense. Especially even let's look at the um, rookie running back we saw coming in last year. They had an explosive back. Darius Geis might be that guy because even when Leonard. Fournette was out um, when when he, they were both at LSU. Darius Geis picked up yeah. and, and and it sometimes even looked better than Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So if Geis is able to come in and be that game changing playmaker, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this this Redskins offense ends up working because they might have the second best offense yeah. in the NFC East. I, I won't put them above the the Eagles, especially with Carson Wentz. It went healthy, but this is going to be a really interesting. Um, offense with Jay Gruden and the weapons he does have. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting with the with the running back group because you know Darius Geis was actually my second favorite running back in the draft. Mm-hmm. So to have him fall so much where the Redskins can trade down and still get him, trade down everybody, uh, that is a fantastic move right there. It's just that the 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 room is a little crowded. Then we've already had this discussion on the onside kick about. Darius Geisen, is he the the wide receiver? Or I'm sorry, the running back number one, or is it going to be running back by committee? I don't think it can be a running back by committee. I think he should be able to take the the hammer and just run with it and lead this running back group because they've got three guys who are all good, but don't in my eyes don't really stand that much apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, with maybe P Ryan being an exception. Uh, in my eyes, just well, from what I've seen Thompson's, from him before. See, that's the thing is I think Thompson's the one that separates mm-hmm. himself because of his ability to catch out of the backfield. Um, I, but, yeah, that's actually a good point, though. So I, I think the one thing, though, is let's look at last year with the Saints having Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. The reason yeah. why Mark Ingram started and was their first go-to back was because he's consistently been there and he was a, a first-round pick for them not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and we look at this, this Redskins team, Rob Kelly's been injured consistently. He's not a guy that you've been able to rely on, especially the last year, because he's been out. He hasn't been healthy. Chris Thompson, he's great out of the backfield, but again, he's been injured. P. 
Pirine was their third back behind those two guys and mm-hmm. didn't start, you know, unless those two guys were banged up. So I look at Darius Geis. He's young. He's got energy. Why not start him? I mean, if he if he fails, then just go to the other three yeah. running backs. But this is a guy that he's going to, you know, not have lingering health concerns. He's not a guy that at least, you know, has taken NFL hits before. So mm-hmm. his body's going to be fresh. And this is a guy that wants to prove himself. He seems like yeah. a really competitive kid. Most guys in the NFL are, but he seems like a guy that wants mm-hmm. to really make a mark. I don't think this is a Saints situation where, you know, you have to deal with Mark Ingram. I think it's more of a Chiefs situation even last year, again, um, where, you know, coming in, able to win the, the, the starting running back job and able to take over. Yeah. And um, Kareem, Hunt Kareem Hunt was a I couldn't huge... think of his name, so thank you for saying it. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, Kareem Hunt was, I mean, that was a huge addition to move that team mm-hmm. forward. I think it's more of a Kareem Hunt situation than it is a, K- a Kamar situation. And, and I think they need it. Mm-hmm. They need that. They need someone to lead because this, off, uh, this running offense, I mean, this is one of the worst rushing yards per game team out there. Yeah. Um, and you just look at their guys and... You know, there's kind of a reason why, like I said, these are the guys who are your switch them out type yeah. of guys. These are your running back by committee kind of people um, because they had a great passing attack. But the fact is, it's going to be very different this year. And even though they like everything they've seen of Alex Smith, they like what they've seen for Darius Geis, you know, they're they're liking what they have. The thing that the Washington Redskins really, in my eyes, need is they need to be healthy, but this defense... I think is going to need to step up a lot as well. And it's similar to what we've talked about with the New York Giants is the fact that they are going against difficult teams, of course. And with an Alex Smith kind of offense here, which is the weapons around him, I think are a step back from what he had in Kansas City. Not Mm -hmm. a huge step back, but it is a step back. They're going to face good teams. Alex Smith can be the guy we saw it last year who can kind of stall a little bit and have have trouble and get off the field quickly this defense is going to need all the help they can get i mean that's why their first round pick is a defensive tackle yeah you know that's why they get a guy like pernell mcphee they know that they need that help uh because they're going to be play, playing guys you know like drew Brees, like aaron Rodgers, cam newton everybody in their division who are good quarterbacks they have a lot of tough quarterbacks to go up against. They need to be able to get to them. They need to not let teams throw all over them, which the Washington Redskins in the past have been in shootouts because that defense has been a step behind the offense. Yeah, and I think one thing, too, is going back to the rushing attack that you mentioned, was mm-hmm. that they were consistently in close games or they were behind, so they needed to throw the ball. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe if they're able to find a balance between that offense and defense, they're going to be able to at least you know set up their offense, be able to throw out a rushing attack that's going to be mm-hmm. you know implementing all four backs. Um, and even last year, they only had two games last year where they had a 100-yard rusher, and both of that was Pirine. Um, and back-to-back games where he had 117, then 100 on the dot. Um, but this defense, again, I, I think they have a lot of playmakers. And, and the biggest thing for them, I don't think is going to be uh, you know, at least pressuring the quarterback because Ryan Kerrigan has proven that he's he's a guy that can pressure the quarterback. Zach Brown, the uh, the free agent they got from Buffalo, proved last year and in the past couple of years that he's been able to pressure the quarterback. Deron Payne is more of a run stopper, but he's a guy that's really physical. He's got to just at least eat up, up space. Lane. Yeah. Jonathan Allen last year um, was you know one of the top uh, prospects until it came out about his injuries. If he's healthy, he wasn't uh, 100% healthy last year. If he's healthy, he can be a guy that really pressures on the outside. And even Mason Foster is pretty decent. We talk about Pernell McPhee. Pernell McPhee, when he's healthy, he's a guy that can get you seven to eight sacks. So I'm not really worried about the, uh, at least, uh, attack on the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, quarterbacks. It's going to be, can the uh, guys on the outside make enough plays? Can Orlando Skandrick, who they brought in from Dallas, 
make enough plays on the outside edge. We know Josh Norman could be a shutdown quarterback. Can he be able to take that ball and be a Marcus Peters and be able to yeah. you know get six, seven interceptions, be able to bring the ball the other way? Because the biggest thing when the Chiefs were having success, they were winning the turnovers battles. They had the best turnover differential in the NFL, um, especially the year before. So if they're able to do that, they're able to be, you know pressure the quarterback like Kansas City was, mm-hmm. and then be able to at least you know uh, you know get some turnovers and, and be able to you know put the ball the other way and get that o- offense more opportunities. That's how Washington's going to have the biggest success. And I know I keep comparing him to the Chiefs, but I think it's very similar because you look at the head coach, Andy Reid, again, was an offensive guy. Same with yep. Jay Gruden. They have the quarterback in Alex Smith. I think this is a team that can really mimic um, not last year's Chiefs. Well, yeah, maybe a little bit of last year's Chiefs, but more of the Chiefs from 2017 that had a lot of success. I think that's going to be the team that they kind of mold after. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a, a team that if they're able to – Again, you know, be in games where they're putting the pressure on the other team, not be playing from behind, can be a team that can you know hold leads because of their defense and be able to run the clock out with their four backs, with Alex Smith who can extend plays with his legs and be able to throw short yardage to Jamison Crowder and, and, and to this guy. So with their defense, I think it's really looking at that secondary and how Josh Norman and their you know safeties and other corners can can step up and, and, and get you know force turnovers for their team. Yeah, I mean that's definitely going to help out for sure. What it comes down to, and certain players that you mentioned are some of these guys, the Washington Redskins, if they stay healthy, that's just going to be a tremendous advantage to them. Mm-hmm. I I don't think there were very many teams out there that were more injured than the Washington Redskins were last year. They had so outside many injuries. Outside of our Chicago Bears here. They were so badly injured and depleted uh, everywhere. And they need that to to kind of be addressed. And we, it's funny because you know we're talking about some of the additions, and a few of these additions are people were like, "But if that guy stays healthy too, yeah, you know." So that's always the dangerous part. I mean, there's reasons why other teams didn't keep that t- type of player. So they definitely need that for sure. Um, but when it comes to the on paper, they've got a lot that they need to have an offense that will move and score and be successful. Um, they've got a defense that will hold on its own well enough. And really what they need, I think that the thing that the Washington Redskins might miss out on, and hopefully Alex Smith can get back in touch of that, think back to last year's Alex Smith at the very beginning mm-hmm. when he was throwing all over everybody. Nobody could stop Alex Smith. I think if the Washington Redskins can get that, and there's a reason why they go and they grab themselves a deep threat, because they need to have that as well. If they're going to just be this dink and dunk kind of team moving forward, that's not going to keep, that's not going to be enough to keep up with a lot of these other teams mm. they're going to face. So they are going to need some of that. And it's interesting because Kirk Cousins was the guy who says, you know, I'm going deep. Yeah. That's that's what he likes to do. Alex Smith is not that guy, even though he has shown that he can do it in the past, but he is not the guy who's going to do that. He is a smart, methodical type of passer. There's a reason why, he has not had more than double-digit interceptions since what 2010. It's been a really long time since he's had since he's had double-digit interceptions. Mm-hmm. So that's very very valuable in that case to be smart. But I think they're going to need a little bit with like Richardson and Smith's connection to really build, so they can have that deep threat as well. The thing that I look at with the Redskins is I think they have a fairly decent amount of depth. Depth. Um, you know, we talked about the running backs, we talked about the the wide receivers, but it's really about who's going to separate themselves as that next time. You know, that next level playmaker. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Geis? Is Jordan Reed going to be consistently healthy and be a top five tight end? A lot end of people, of course, league? are going to want it to be Doxon because mm-hmm. he hasn't 
proved it to the NFL just yeah. yet. And he still has plenty of time to prove it. I mean, if yeah. this, this needs to be the season where he does prove it. We're not saying that he doesn't have that ability, but again, there are question marks with his health, and when he is on the, on the field, he hasn't been extremely dynamic. And even on the defensive end, I mean, Ryan Kerrigan's been good, but he's getting older. Josh Norman has been fine, but he isn't a guy that, again, like, you know, is like Darrell Rivas yeah. uh, back in his prime. He hasn't quite been that Carolina stud yeah. that, that he I mean, was before he got traded. Good, and he's worth the contract, and we know he's going to put up a, his best fight against OBJ, um, you know, going mm-hmm. up against the Giants. But I don't think they have, I think they need a, a guy to really, you know, separate himself and, you know, kind of identify this defense and give them a, a major, identif- uh, you know, identity because Ryan Kerrigan's been there for for the longest you probably think he's the leader on this defense but is he going to be able to be a consistent performer because even himself he's been dealing with health problems throughout his career so yeah I think the thing is they have a lot of depth uh both offensively and defensively but I don't think they have a stud I don't think they have a star and that's even looking at the quarterback as well Alex Smith is pretty much the middle of the pack quarter uh, you know middle of the pack quarterback in my eyes he's a guy that kind of mm-hmm. blends in the crowd he's I mean, this is something that I've always said. I mean, I'm not trying to bash Alex Smith. He's a good quarterback, um, but he's not a guy that's you know separating himself like Peyton was or, or you know Brady was. Um, he's not a guy that you know really encapsulates um, the media like a Russell Wilson can or a, a Deshaun Watson was able to. Alex Smith will get the job done, but I don't think he's a star in, in, in his own right. Um, and looking at this at least schedule, it kind of gets screwed because you get a you get week four bye week. You're, yeah. you're getting absolutely screwed by that. And if you're trying to stay healthy, that's not going to really be to your benefit when you're playing from week five to week 17 with no break at all. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an interesting start right before that bye mm-hmm. week as well. I mean, I like you know, I like their, their first three games. I think they oh, could you do. Go th- I think they could possibly go three and out. Interesting. Even against the Packers. Well, they have the, the Packers at home. So and, and this is a Packers team with no rushing attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't think, did they pick up a dynamic running back? Did, did I forget anything? I mean, this is still the Packers that yeah. has, yes, Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers still coming off an injury. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how they can really separate themselves with those outside attacks. Yes, they got Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham, even Seattle, wasn't the same Jimmy Graham. And yeah. they have Devontae Adams, but how will Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers hook up? And if you're able to shut uh, Devontae Adams down with Josh Norman, mm-hmm. who else is going to step up in that wide receiving core for the Packers? And that defense... I mean, I don't really think... Yeah, the Packers' defense has never been anything exciting. With Alex Smith, a guy that's not going to make too many mistakes and not Mm -hmm. give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers... I think it's a very winnable game, especially being at uh, at FedEx Field. And then you look at even Week 2, Indianapolis... Indianapolis might be able to throw the ball mark, but it's Andrew Luck early in the season. Yeah. So, we'll... Indianapolis be able to get their offense, get their quarterback, get their running back. It's a lot of questions for Indianapolis right away, week two, to go up against a team in Washington that might not be, you know, great, might never be the best team in the NFL, but will be mm-hmm. consistently good week in and week out. I think they'll always be in a position to win, even with that tough schedule, especially from week five to week 17. It might be a team, though, again, that goes seven and nine, eight and eight, because they're not a great team. They're really good to, you know, consistent team. Um, and even Arizona too. I mean, they're going up against Sad Bradford, and they're going, or possibly even a rookie in Josh Rosen in his first game. So it, I think it's going to be a, a thing where you know that might be the toughest game for them, uh, that Arizona game, especially being at Arizona. But I think they're consistent enough where Arizona is more of a flashier team. They have mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the most consistent players um, in the NFL. But you're also getting David Johnson if he's even healthy by yeah. that point. You're getting Sam Bradford, who we know is never healthy. Josh Rosen might be starting in his first game. Uh, a defense without Tyron Matthew. A new head coach. I think that's something where the Redskins have a really nice storm brewing, at least for the first three weeks, to at least get off to possibly a 3-0 and or even a 2-1 and start, which would be really beneficial to this team. Yeah, I... I... For for the sake of the Washington Redskins, I hope they can do it. 
the the Cardinals, I think for sure that's their easiest. I actually think it's their easiest matchup, even though it is away. Mm-hmm. Um, even though people probably, I mean, the Andrew Luck thing is what determines whether the Colts are the easiest one or not. Yeah. In my eyes, just because of if Andrew Luck's out there and he's a motivated Andrew Luck. I mean, he's scary when you look at pictures of him right now in shorts because he looks like a linebacker. But yeah. you know, if he's out there and he's motivated and he wants to throw on everybody, he might just be able to do it. Um, and of course, you know, Drew Brees and. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers in weeks four and three, I said in the wrong order. Those are going to be tough too. But the Washington Redskins fall into the same difficult trap that every single one of these teams are going to fall into. And we're going to say it probably every single time. The NFC East is very difficult and the NFC East schedule in general is going to be difficult. So they are a team that I could easily see being a good team this year, but exactly what you're saying could fall into that seven and nine to just nine and seven window of in the middle because it's just difficult. And the biggest thing for them is how will they go up against the NFC East? Because outside of their division, they were pretty damn good. One in five against the NFC East last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they lost both games to Philly fairly badly, both by you know ten plus points. Even by Dallas, they got smoked by Dallas even bigger, thirty three to nineteen, and then thirty eight to fourteen. And you were able to beat the the Giants once uh, on Thanksgiving again. Sorry for fucking that up. Um, on Thanksgiving by 10 points, but then you went back and lost to him by eight in the last game of the season. So yeah. it's a game where uh, it's a thing where if you're able to go three and three in the division, that might mean you're a, a nine win team this year. You might mean that you're a 10 win team this year, but also you're going up against a much harder schedule this year. You're not going to be playing Denver. You're not going to be playing a weaker San Francisco team without Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not going to be playing an Oakland team that really lost its identity from the year prior. So I think this is a te- this is a, this is a schedule that again they had a, a very early bye week last year and were able to deal with it um, a week five bye week. But if we're talking about injuries, if we're st- talking about you know staying consistently healthy, if we're trying to say you know you know starting off and, and trying to find a star, it's going to be tough with you know having a week four bye week, then going up against New Orleans, Carolina, Dallas. New York, Atlanta, and then you finally kind and, of get a, a break mm-hmm. with Tampa Bay, but even, even then picks right back up with Never a, tough, ends, yeah. a tough defense with Houston, then you know back to Dallas, Philly, New York, and then another tough defense with Jacksonville and a playoff mm-hmm. team last year in Tennessee and then Philadelphia. It's just going to be hard a consistent thing, go for, yeah, for the Redskins. And the hard thing the Redskins are going to have, if this is a team that is, let's say they're in maybe like a, you know, six and eight type of territory or whatever it might be in week like 14 week 15 they're then going up against division opponents a lot of division opponents the super bowl champion eagles twice in their last six games here uh the jaguars the titans who will probably be competing for a playoff spot and those are at jacksonville and tennessee yeah yeah that's very true Mm -hmm. as well so this last minute race for the wild card is going to be very difficult if the Washington Redskins are in it still. Yeah. They could easily be that team that falls out because they're playing a lot of difficult teams. It's just the unfortunate, you know, draw of your schedule. Um but it's gonna be it's gonna hurt the Washington Redskins more so than a lot of other teams. In those last six games too, four of the six are are away from from FedEx yeah. Field and four of the you know yeah four of the six are against playoff teams, Philadelphia and uh, Philadelphia twice and then Jacksonville and Tennessee. So I mean, like like you said, it's a it's a bad luck of the draw. And when you're trying to push for the playoffs, it's going to be a pain in the ass. So 
it's really winning. It's it's you know probably the easiest thing to say, but you got to win at home and you got to win against your division or at least go yeah. you know, five hundred against your division. You can't and do think, what you did last year, that's for sure. No, and, and this is a team that you know against Carolina, I, I might even favor them against Carolina because that Cam offense. You know we you know Cam was good last year. Cam's been an MVP before, but Cam isn't consistency. He isn't Alex Smith. Yeah. He can be a guy that can be a top ten quarterback and be extremely flashy while doing it, or he can look just completely lost out there on the field. And this Carolina has a real, you know Carolina has a really good um, at least defense but again going into FedEx field that we know might be even sloppy um, at some point of the season could be a thing where they you know are able to upset the Carolina Panthers and then we're looking at it if they beat you know Arizona Indianapolis and Green Bay they can be four and one to start the season you're already halfway to going eight and eight even with the hellacious schedule so yeah it's it's a Redskins team that I think has a shot every single week but they might not be favored every single week especially going up against you know the Atlantas um the, the you know Philadelphia Jacksonville Tennessee's uh, of the NFL but I think it's going to be consistent I don't think you're going to be seeing blow um, every single week, I think you're going to see you know ten point losses to even you know three point losses or you know even seven point wins, three point wins. I think this is a team that can be consistently in it. It's just can they win enough games? Yeah, can they win enough games? Can they stay healthy? And really, is the run game going to be as good as people expect? Those are the mm-hmm. main questions. But you guys can let us know down below what you think to the answers are to those questions. How's Alex Smith going to be for the Washington Redskins? Uh, what's the defense going to look like? What's the running back situation going to look like? Let us know down below. So let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys, uh, another team that didn't make the huge splashes uh, in free agency necessarily, uh, except for the fact that they cut a very, very talented Des Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the other things that they did, of course, getting Alan Hearns, their new uh, probably wide receiver number one, Deontay Thomas. Uh, they got Joe Thomas, everybody's favorite. Actually, no, the linebacker Joe Thomas, not everybody's favorite uh, Joe Thomas. But really when it comes to the Cowboys, and people are actually kind of, I don't know, people are kind of critical of their draft. I don't dislike their draft. I thought they did fine. Mm-hmm. I like Leighton Vander Esch, even if people were saying he potentially has uh, health issues. I like Connor Williams a lot. People were yep. saying that Connor Williams pick was a reach. I thought Connor Williams could be a first round pick. Well, they, I think they got screwed because they, I think it was like a pick before, or maybe even like two picks before, the Eagles mm-hmm. went up and got a tight end. And that was right after Jason Witten retires. Yeah. So I think that's why people were screwing on the Connor Williams pick. But yeah, I mean, you just add a guy who has a ton of potential. He's going to be able to sit behind that offensive line. That's already fantastic. And when you need to, you know, get rid of one of those guys because one of their contracts comes up, you just throw in a guy in Connor Williams who's been able to work under a great offensive line already. So I, I like the pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think it was just they were getting screwed on because they didn't get their tight end. Yeah. Um, in, Which they did draft a tight end, but it was in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalton Schultz. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's not that exciting. Uh, Michael Gallup, of course, uh, wide receiver as well in the third round. Yeah, so like their first three picks. I think that the Dallas Cowboys did well in the draft. The The big thing for, for Dallas is going to be, um, and, I, and I hate to be the person that does this, but I think a big question mark is Dak Prescott. Because yeah. we had a really, really great season out of Dak Prescott, and then we had a more average season out of him. And the question, of course, is going to be now without a guy like Des Bryant, even though Dak and Des didn't really work that well together, <laughs> uh, but he doesn't have a very, very solid number one. He still has Zeke. That's going to help out tremendously, of course. And Zeke being there for 16 games instead of having a four-game suspension yep. is certainly going to be useful. But this is a team that needs to kind of refine their identity on offense a little bit um, because the run game was fantastic last year, but the passing game is what suffered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you like to say, defensive backs, 
Yeah. Who? What? What, what are they going to do? And that's, that's the thing I want to start with is because we look at this defense and it was, ab- I mean, the, this passing defense was absolutely horrible. And some people like say, well, we gave up the, you know, the top, you know, the least amount of, the 11th least amount of yards um, passing uh, at, at, at 3,425. But also they were bottom of the league when it comes to passing touchdowns against them. And when you look at quarterback rating, they gave up a 90, I think it's a 94% complete uh, quarterback rating yeah. to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, they had one of the worst passing defenses in the league. And now that's even going to be suffered when you have a guy in David Irving who you re-signed being out for the first four games. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team that consistently can't find a pass rush, and we look at this 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 secondary, and there's no one that really stands out on this uh, in the secondary that makes me think this is going to be a team that really you know is able to shut down opposing quarterbacks. Especially when we're talking about a guy in Eli Manning who's extremely uh, well versed is a, is a is a major veteran in this is, in this division, and you're going up against o- OBJ um, in, in that team as well. You look at Alex Smith, who's one of the most consistent quarterbacks in, in the NFL, and let's talk about Carson Wentz, who might be pushing for the best quarterback in the NFL if if we're looking at what he did last year before he got injured even then Nick Foles won him a Super Bowl so this is a team that you're you know, it, it, you, you're going up against you know three great quarterbacks consistently, and you don't have the the ability to stop them through the air. This team has uh, uh, you know playmakers on this, this defensive end. I mean, Leighton Vanderesh was a good pick. Sean Lee went healthy, which is a major question. Um, is great. Jalen Smith, I love him out of Notre Dame. If he's healthy, if he's able to come in, he can be a linebacker of the future. Um, but I don't think they have a, a great enough defensive line, especially with David David Irving being um. You know, maybe be suspended for the first four games. You're looking at, at you know guys like uh, Taco Charlton, uh, J- uh, Ward from uh, Oakland, who they picked up, um, Demarcus Lawrence as well. I mean, they they need the ability to rush the passer. I don't think they have the playmakers to do so. And then even the linebackers, you have very young players. Um, Byron Jones might be your best secondary piece, and he's all right. I mean, I, I don't think they have the ability to really go up against the the great offenses, or at least the great passing offenses in the NFC East, and I think that's yeah. going to be a major problem when you have a guy like Dak who has no weapons outside of Zeke, mm-hmm. because you're looking at a guy, in, you know, Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, guys that are, you know, number twos, number threes. I know Alan Hearns had a really good season that one year Blake Bortles decided to, you know, ball out, but again, he's a guy that's been injured, and, and he's the worst of Robinson and yeah. Hearns. And a lot of that was garbage time. Yeah, the balling out. So I, I don't, I don't really know if if this Dallas team did enough to help you know Dak and and help mm-hmm. this team you know go back to the playoffs because they have one of the best offensive lines, they have one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. But can Dak Prescott do enough with the weapons that he doesn't have? I mean, you have Deontay Thomas, Terrence Williams, and even Tavon Austin they picked up too. But I don't think that's enough to really ha- help Dak. They don't have a game changer on the outside or even at the tight end position to really help him out and take him to that next level or at least back to his rookie year again he was fine he's going to be consistently completing passes for you but he's going to make some bad mistakes he's going to throw interceptions and he's not going to be a guy that's going to you know be able to throw for 400 yards 300 yards um and and win you ball games he's going to rely heavily on Zeke which most quarterbacks would do when you have a playmaker like Zeke but I don't know if they have enough on the outside where they're just not going to stack the box and you know Guys like Josh Norman, Eli Apple, if he's able to come up to play, and even that Eagle secondary aren't going to be able to you know stack the box and just make Dak throw the ball. And yeah. again, I don't think Dak is the thrower to be able to throw the ball you know thirty five times and win you a ball game. So I don't think they did enough to really help Dak Prescott to turn this team to a for sure playoff team. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah, but I don't know if they can if they're going to be a lock in my eyes. I think this is a team that has a lot of question marks going into the season. Yeah, Dak Prescott last year had one game where he threw over 300 yards mm-hmm. uh, against the Giants. And That's the, much. the year before that, he only did it twice. 
So, I mean, he isn't that guy. He got close with the Washington Redskins as well. Uh, but he isn't that guy where he's going to completely, you know, dominate and lead. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, I mean, he did look like he maybe would have flashed of it that playoff game against Green Bay when he yeah. really went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. Now, that's fantastic. The team still lost. But that's still fantastic and all that. But really, when I when you look at this team, they don't have those weapons. They get rid of one of the weapons, which, to be fair, Dak didn't use enough as he should have with Des Bryant. Yeah. Um, well, Des was also injured, and there was that whole thing with mm-hmm. you know Des not being fully healthy, and then all the questions marked about Dak or Tony Romo, and yeah, you know, t- Dak was Tony's guy. Or sorry, Des was Tony's guy. So. I think it was just a, a bad situation for yeah. a rookie quarterback to be thrown into. You lose the tight end with Witten. That's you know a retirement type of thing. Nothing there. Um, it's still major though because well, yeah, Jason Witten. Say- yeah, yeah. I'm, they, it's, I'm saying nothing. As in, they didn't force him out. No, and they, they were trying to do anything back, to yeah. do about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it is. I think it does tell you a little bit of something that they weren't able to convince him to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if, and I'm not trying to start that debate, but. Maybe if Tony Romo was still there, maybe there's that argument of, hey, we still got one left. We can we can finally make this happen. I don't know. When you're looking at a guy like Jason Witten who played as much as he did, already a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, and that Monday night job opens up, you know, very rarely. Very lucrative. It's very a cushy. lot of money where you're not yeah. getting hit by NFL linebackers. I'm not too shocked Jason Witten took that job. But I, I just think that you lose a lot of this stuff. Um and Dak Prescott, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he is a quarterback to last a while with uh, with Dallas for sure. Mm-hmm. They just need to give him some of these weapons, and it's unfortunate that a lot of this kind of has happened the way it did with Dallas. But mm-hmm. sure, maybe next year they'll go and get these weapons. But the one thing that Dallas can do, uh, at least in theory, is go and get Earl Thomas. They've been talking with the Seahawks before the draft, after the draft. Supposedly, it was going to take a second-round pick. Just do it. You need a safety. You are not good enough uh, at the very far end of your defensive backfield. Go get a guy who will be solid, and sure, you're going to have to pay him, but he's kind of worth it. You know, I mean, this is a team that didn't really get very many interceptions last year. It's a bend-don't-break kind of defense, they really could use with a solid safety who can, uh, you know, who has proven that he is very, very good on the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I think the biggest thing is they need a leader out there. And I'm not saying Sean Lee isn't a leader, but Sean Lee isn't a healthy player. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. consistently getting injured. And when the when Sean Lee's out on the, on the field, Dallas is a completely different defense. They're they're a, a next le- I mean, they're, they're a top defense in the league. Sean Lee completely changes that defense. And if you add Earl Thomas, a guy that can be a leader in the secondary, just yeah. like Sean Lee, it's just going to improve that defense magnificently. And you're going to have a star on that defense. You have a star on offense in Zeke. You're going to have a star uh, on defense in Earl Thomas if you go out and get him. I want to throw this out there because uh, ESPN put this out six hours ago. It's you know teams that could trade uh, for Earl Thomas. The offer would be Earl Thomas for a 2019 third-round pick and a 2024th-round pick, and the length and value of the extension for Earl Thomas is five years, uh, $62.5 million, um, full guarantees 25, total guarantees 30, 31 mil. Would you do that if you were the Cowboys? I would, because I think you need it. I mean, I, I don't think you're set at safety. I don't think you have the answer in the future, because you're talking about an extension as well. I don't think that's there, and I don't think that a third and a fourth is really that bad of trade value to go 
uh, grab a guy who's going to be able to make your defense instantly better. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of good pieces. You have good defensive minds on the coaching side. You can make this team better defensively, and you kind of need to because you're playing teams that have good quarterbacks, that have good, uh, you know, who have the ability to move all over the field. Mm-hmm. You need that because you need to slow the game down a little bit because you are going to be a little bit more of that slower-moving offense that's going to focus on runs and who's going to focus on short passes, and you don't have weapons to just go over the top with people. So you need to kind of change the way you're thinking of it, and when you do that, most times it requires a really talented defense. Yeah, and one thing they've done is is go out and get young players in that secondary. Uh, Jordan Lewis was a third-round pick last year, and then even Shadobi, I fuck up this name all the time, mm-hmm. Shadobi Awuzi um, was a second-round pick last year, too. Yeah. I mean, they weren't bad last year, but they didn't have a leader on that secondary, and Earl Thomas mm-hmm. would be able to take those guys and at least give them more confidence because they have a guy in Earl Thomas to rely on. Now, giving him five years, yeah. that's going to be worrisome, especially coming off the injury that he did and being 29 years old. But, but yeah, that's... Yeah play with the contract so well, and you, you, got rid you can of cut him too. in year three or four or five yeah and you got rid of Des too where that opens up that cap to go out and get a guy mm. like Earl Thomas and and you know you're not helping out your quarterback in the sense that you're going to have a guy that, you know one of the 11 yeah. guys to throw throw to or you know the other 10 guys on the field to help him when he's out there but he's gonna you're gonna help him at least get the ball and get more opportunities for Dak for Zeke and that might be able to at least you know break off a big run for Zeke that's gonna at least you know push the defense in, and yeah. that might open up things for Dak. And again, uh, we keep going back to Dak, and he had a worse year, um, clearly, from from 2016 to 2017, but he didn't have the same weapons. Clearly, Zeke was dealing with his suspension, and he still had a decent year. If my quarterback's going to give me you know, 62.9% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions— Yeah, you're not upset. I'll take that. I mean, yeah. it wasn't—he's not, he's not a top-10 quarterback like we were praising him to be after 2016, but he's a good mm-hmm. quarterback, and I think he can be the franchise quarterback still for Dallas. Definitely. Yeah, I mean— when it, to to move off of Earl Thomas a little bit, but you know when it comes to it, for me it's really I'm just not that confident in Woods and Heath to be the you know my last line of defense. Yeah, necessarily. I think that when you just look at positions, there's an upgradable position right there. Yeah. and you're exactly right when it comes to Dak. Of you know, of course those expectations were really high because he had a really good rookie year. But what always happens is now there's tape. Now we can study. We have a whole offseason to learn about this guy because everybody was spending their offseason talking about Tony Romo uh, to be surprised in 2016 when Dak Prescott's the guy. Um, You know, so there certainly was that. The thing that the Dallas Cowboys are going to need really when it comes to moving forward is they really are going to have to get that true number one weapon wide receiver. Whether it's going to be a free agency thing or whether it's going to be in the draft, that's going to be a big question because it is a team that will need some other things as well come next year's draft but they need to have they've got Zeke that's fantastic they need to have a true solid what Des Bryant was to Tony Romo type of weapon and I think the thing with Dallas is this team needs to make one one more move to really make sure that they they solidify themselves as the second best team in the NFC East I still think it's going to be the Eagles and no matter what the move is uh, Dallas is always going to be number two but maybe it is a you know we've, we've heard rumors that you know Green Bay might want to move on from Randall Cobb maybe you go out and get a guy like Randall Cobb who's been great before um, in Green Bay you know has kind of been on, on the downturn as of late but he might be a guy that can still be a playmaker on, on your offense and you know if you go out and get a guy like Randall Cobb you're ha- helping Dak and obviously we brought up Earl, Earl Thomas if you go out there you're still ha- helping Dak in different ways 
Um, so I, I still feel like they're one move away from getting that big piece, and I think that trade needs to happen. Maybe not right away, but it, it needs to happen. I think before this season to make sure you know you get acclimated to to that to that weapon, um, and you're able to you know fully implement them into your offense or defense. Um, the interesting thing though is, is now looking at their schedule. If they do get Earl Thomas. They play in Seattle at week three. So that's going to be super That'd interesting be nice, to see if, right? he, if he goes back. Um, but the one question I want to throw out to you. Sure. No offense, Dallas fans. I mm-hmm. hate Jason Garrett. I've always hated Jason Garrett. Yeah. You know, Ever since he was hired, I'm not a fan of Jason Garrett. I don't think he's a great head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of shut my mouth back in 2016 when they did have that great season. But I still don't think he's a guy that's really going to take Dallas to that next level. Yeah. If he goes 8-8, eight and eight, if he goes 7-9, and nine, if he goes under 500... Is this Jason Garrett's last season in Dallas? I, I think it should be Jason Garrett's, but you know the thing is, if you're one of Jerry Jones' guys, mm-hmm. you're pretty safe. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, that's really what it comes down to. And I've said almost every year that Jason Garrett should probably get fired, with the Fort Sale sixteen being an exception. Um, you know, there, there's plenty of reasons why people don't like him. They think he's just a yes man. They don't think he's really in control. Um, and they should go in different directions. And it doesn't happen because you know. He's Jerry Jones' guy. Yeah. He likes Jerry Jones. So in that case, I think probably should, but I think he'd be safe. I would not be surprised to see him come back. I mean, in seven seasons, he's won two division titles. Mm-hmm. He's won one playoff game. And even then, I mean, he's he's gone eight and eight in three seasons. He's had two winning seasons, or three winning seasons, I guess, if you count the nine and seven one. That's barely a winning season, though. Yeah. I mean, he's been a guy that, again, they haven't had a ton of consistency. Exactly. They've either been you know, consistently okay at eight and eight and nine and seven. They've been, you know, great two years, or they've been bad four and 12. So... I just think that, you know, I think it might be time if you do, mm-hmm. you know, again, go 8-8, eight and eight, if you go 9-7, and seven, if you go 7-9, and nine, it might be time for that change. Is that is that good enough? Are you yeah. satisfied because with 8-8, eight 9-7? Eight, this is seven. Dallas. I mean, yeah. this is this is America's team. I mean, mm-hmm. but you haven't won a Super Bowl. You haven't been relevant in my life in my lifetime. You haven't gone to the, the you know, the, the Super Bowl since the 90s. I mean, this is the team of the 90s. It's like the Chicago Bulls. You're getting into Chicago Bulls territory where you're not going back to the finals. You're not consistently, you know, winning games. Games, you're you know either really good with you know Derrick Rose coming back, or you're just going to be a bottom feeder. Yep. Um, so I, I think this team needs to, just a culture change, um, and you know maybe that's never going to happen because Jerry Jones will always be there. Um, but I think getting rid of Jason Garrett might be the next move for Dallas because we talk about a number one receiver, we talk about the secondary, but maybe we just need to look inwards. And this guy's had seven years. And hasn't made it to the Super Bowl. Made it to the he hasn't even made it to the NFC Championship game once. He's had to run into Green Bay twice. But again, outside of an Aaron Rodgers miracle, you know you might be in an NFC Championship game once. But yeah. then again, you're only two and two. It might even be two and three if you lose the NFC Championship game. So I, I look at Jason Garrett, and you know he's been a winner technically he's six sixty seven and fifty three in, in his career. But again, he hasn't been a winner in the sense of a playoff playoffs. Only he's gone three times and has a one and two record. So yeah. I think Jason Garrett might be the next one out because you need to get a number one receiver. You need to get that secondary change. But I think you also probably need to get a guy that's really going to be a leader. And when we look at Jason Garrett, you said it. He's more of a yes man. And I don't think he's a guy that's a strong leader um, and definitely not enough to at least put this team over the hump. This team mm-hmm. might make the playoffs this year, but I think he might be more of that Lovey Smith guy rather than a a good old, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Matt Nagy. Oh, there you go. I like it. I like Matt they Nagy need a Matt Nagy guy, yeah, you know? a, a young guy that's really going to be able to change the culture and re- revitalize mm-hmm. this Dallas team. I think I think Jason Garrett is in that Tony Romo, Des Bryant area where it might be time to get some fresh bl- blood in. So yeah. I, I think and, you know they're different teams. I mean, when when Jason Garrett came in, that 
Dallas team was different than what it is now. 100%. Uh, and sometimes, you know, a coach just doesn't work with the personnel that's there, and the team is their identity is just changing, and it's mm-hmm. time to move on to what is next. Um, I, I think we always looked at Jason Garrett as being young too, but now he's gonna be—he's fifty-two years old now. It's, it's yeah. weird looking at that and seeing that he's you know fifty-two. Well, he Sean always, McVay also ruined the whole young coach thing because well, you can't be young when Sean McVay is out. There. But even when he came in there, I mean, what he was—he was you know really early forties yeah. when he took over this team, or I think maybe mid forties. I mean, he always mm-hmm. looked just young out there. Yeah. Now he's getting close to 55 he's getting close to you know becoming an older coach he's an extremely veteran coach too um when talking about it i just think he, he kind of falls into that lovey smith territory now especially especially if he's not able to you know get back to the playoffs because that's yeah. one thing lovey was able to do was get to nfc championship games he went to two even went to a super bowl mm-hmm. um you know jason garrett doesn't have that luxury to say that i think yeah. you know again if he falls fall- more into you know maybe the marvin lewis type of territory of Oof. you know Solid, yeah, right there. Just not gonna get you out of average territory. And if he's in that Marvin Lewis territory, he's gonna be the coach forever. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, we thought. I mean, Marvin Lewis at, is the other one. Every single year, should he go? Oh yes. God, he should have gone a long no, time. He's fine. <laughs> he's gonna be here still. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's just one of those interesting things. I think the thing when it comes to Dallas is you know that they will be. Very kind of kind of a steady type of team. Mm-hmm. You know that they're going to be right in that middle chunk for sure. They have the potential to go a little bit further, definitely. But they're just going to be that team that is reliable. Um, you know, I mean, one of the th- most interesting things with the Dallas Cowboys is they're one of the top and third down conversions. You know, and what that's really telling you is not just that they continue drives, but the fact that this is a team that is steady. They move in chunks. They mm-hmm. move further down the field. And part of that is, of course, this solid, amazing offensive line they have, this great run game, and a very smart quarterback that doesn't make too many mistakes as Sean gets hit in the head with a fly. Jesus Christ. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's just they're a very steady kind of team, and maybe they need that shot in the arm. Well, and I think one thing, and you kind of talk about the consistency, is like, I mean, this is a team, their offense, are, you know, with the third down conversion, they're always going to be able to put up points, too, because once they get past, you know, the, the 40 yards, line their own 40 yard line Dan Bailey's in field goal range and he's yep. one of the most consistent kickers um of the past five years I mean he's he's fantastic so I mean this team's always going to be able to be in it they're always going to be able to sustain drives Dak even with his feet is going to be able to extend drives Zeke we obviously know he's a big play threat but it's just really is is do they have enough to you know not be consistent but also to be great you know I mean there's a difference between being a team that's you know putting up three points every single drive but you know four drives you only have 12 points when yeah. your, your defense is you know letting up three passing touchdowns and you're down by nine or yeah nine points I was trying to do math there 20, 20, yeah, 21 to 12 good uh, two possession game yeah so I mean it's it's still a two possession game and you're, and you're still down and now you're relying on Dak Prescott to throw the ball to, to make something big happen because at some point you need a big play and if you're consistently mm-hmm. relying on Zeke defenses are going to pick up on that and they're going to be try to stop Zeke and try to push him back because we even saw Deke, Zeke last year he was good I mean he obviously he wasn't getting consistent snaps because of the suspension um but again he didn't have a rookie year season and maybe the rookie year was an enigma I'm not saying you know it is because I still yeah. think Zeke is a, a fantastic player but that was some of the talk is is Zeke you know that great or did he have a great season um it was it the offensive line's help I mean how much was Zeke and how much was the offensive line so uh, I think this this Cowboys season is going to answer a lot of questions on what the future is going to be and how good are their 
are, are, are there pieces? Is Dak Prescott the future quarterback? Is Zeke uh, one of the top running backs in the league? Is this offensive line going to be sustainable? And how good is this defense, especially with Sean Lee's health, being a, a major question mark? Yep. Health is always a big question for any of these teams, really. But yeah. when it comes to a team that is in the middle, that's the kind of thing that makes or breaks this season into playoff team or, you know, seven and nine and below under 500 type of team. But really, when it comes, my my one thing I really need to see out of the Dallas Cowboys, it's similar to the Washington Redskins. I need to see somebody who is not Zeke offensively step up. Yeah. You know, somebody has to become, because there are some big shoes out there with Witten and Des Bryant. Somebody needs to become that true number one type of guy. And we kind of laugh a little bit when it's Alan Hearns, but, you know. He has done it once before, having a good yeah. season. Now, a lot of it was, like I said, in garbage time type of moments. Mm-hmm. But they need somebody else besides Zeke. He can't do it 100% on his own to step up and lead this team forward. And I don't think there's a guy on the roster. I mean, looking at it, and I don't think it's Alan Hearns. I don't think it's Cole Beasley. I don't think it's any of the tight ends they have on roster. I just I don't think they have that playmaker. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they need to probably put in some future assets to go get a, a guy through a trade, whether it's a Randall Cobb. Um, or some player like that, I think they need to add, and I don't even know if Randall Cobb would be the answer, um, but I think you need to try something. And I, I don't think Alan Hearns, especially with his injury concerns, is going to be a guy that you're going to be able to rely on a hundred times throughout the yeah. season to catch balls and get and, and be able to move the sticks for you. I don't think he's that next-level playmaker. Um, and, and when you're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, you need you know levels to your, to your team. You need to be able to attack them through the air, through the run. Um I just don't think they're going to be better than Philadelphia this year. Yep. I think they can, you know, again, finish second place and possibly a wild card. But let's look at the NFC South. I mean, they have probably four teams that might win that division. And mm-hmm. those guys are always, you know, vying and jockeying for positions. And they're always trying to be better. I mean, they have three teams that I think could be top of the NFC, um, in, top of the, N- the entire NFC in Carolina, Atlanta, and, and New Orleans. Let's look out west. Um, I mean, clearly San Francisco is looking on the up and up. We see Seattle consistently being there. The Rams clearly are probably the best team in the NFC West. And we look at the NFC North. Green Bay is a consistent, yep. uh, you know, uh, holder when you have Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota didn't lose too much. They even upgraded um, at the quarterback position. We believe highly in our Chicago Bears. I mean, this Dallas team, their best way into the playoffs might be through the NFC East, and I don't think they're the best team in the NFC East. And I I think outside of Philadelphia, with major injuries, has pretty much the division locked up, and we haven't even played all 16 games. It's always more difficult to be in the NFC, right? Well, I shouldn't say always, but right now it's more difficult Mm -hmm. to be in the NFC. And, you know, teams teams are going to know how to beat the Dallas Cowboys, and it's going to simply be stack the box. Yeah. If you can limit Zeke, you're going to have an advantage over the Dallas Cowboys for sure just because they don't ha- they don't have it yet to go through you uh, in the air. And I'm looking at this, this schedule for them. I'm looking at an eight, another 8-8 eight and eight season. I think mm-hmm. you're going to probably go 3-4 and four to start off the first you know seven weeks going into your bye. I think you're going to win probably the last three games, which puts you at 6-6. Six and six. I think you're probably going to beat Washington again. Maybe you can beat a, a Tennessee I put you right back at 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, which uh, I think we're going to agree in this room, and you can let us know down below in the comment section. It's not good enough. No, it's a fireable offense for Jason Garrett. There you go. That's what I like to hear. Uh, but let us know if you think it's a fireable offense and if you think Jason Garrett should be gone. But also, who is this number one wide receiver? Who's the guy offensively besides Zeke who is going to step up and really make the difference for this team? And do you need Earl Thomas? Is that a necessity? Should you ignore it? 
what's the what's the deal there let us know of course so we're finally here let's talk about the super bowl champion philadelphia eagles it hurts it hurts to hear that every just time. because i knew my patriots are so close and brady fumbled yeah oh man and and honestly i i don't want to put it out there to make eagles fans mad but if he didn't fumble Patriots were probably going to win that game. Yeah, if he caught that one ball, they might have won that game. <laughs> they might have. I mean, I mean, it was it was a very close game. It was a fun game. I think I think Eagle fans mm-hmm. I, again. You didn't want it to be a blowout. I mean, it was like that was a that was a good game. We got yeah, it. It was we awesome. Got a, we got a fun one. Uh, I don't think people fans are too upset, especially not Philly fans because they won. Yeah, and it, it's fun to see a team win that doesn't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the story about the flea flicker? No, there was. Oh yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. With wait. the uh, the woman that worked with the team, and she would take notes, and she would all always oh, say, "Oh, that one, yeah, yeah." Yeah, she would always ask, "Is the flea flicker going to be in the uh, the play call this week?" No, not this week. And finally, well, in flea flicker is that the year. one that Chip Kelly fired too? Yep. This that, is the important stuff about the yeah. Philadelphia. You guys are a good team. We don't we don't care about your actual yeah, you guys, team. You guys are good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then they gave her a Super Bowl ring. That was nice. Yeah, it was uh, a cute little, uh, you know, fun, feel good story mm-hmm. for sure. Some fluff pieces in uh, in the off season because when you're a good team like the Philadelphia Eagles, you don't have that much to talk about because people are just gonna say Philadelphia Eagles are good. Well, and the biggest question mark is like, will we trade our backup quarterback because yeah. we are, like we have two quarterbacks, one that won us a Super Bowl and ones that are our number one draft pick that we was have almost a, an MVP, a backup quarterback MVP and a number one starting quarterback that would have probably won the NFL MVP yeah. if he was there. Um, but you know, honestly, when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles, the actual questions are really things like injuries. You know, mm-hmm. Tim Jernigan. Uh, surgery for a herniated disc. You have Brandon Graham, who's been in an ankle, uh, a boot for his ankle surgery. Uh, let's see. We got some players that have left. Uh, let's see, like guys like, um, I'm, I just lost my, uh, my notes, but Bo Allen, Vinny Curry. These are important. Pat Robinson. Yeah, these are important things because of the fact that you're looking at what was dominant last year. They had a great defensive line, mm-hmm. but we also are losing parts to that now they're going to get guys like richard rogers they're signing paul uh that's an oh whirly low is what it looks like to me but i probably pronounced it wrong because i'm bad at that uh but mike wallace is a good addition to this team a guy who's had a lot of success in the past and then had some lesser (laughs) success as well Mm -hmm. but this is also a team with uh some losses because people are going to pick apart that. And when you win a Super Bowl, people want big money as well. Um, you know, they, they're not bringing back Brent Selleck. Uh, they're not going to bring back uh, Daryl Worley. They do get Haloti Nada, which I really like that as an addition. Um, and then one thing that is really kind of, I don't know if I like it or not, Michael Bennett from mm-hmm. the Seahawks. I'm not sure if I like that pick. Well, uh, that, uh, that little deal is or not i'm not too mad about it because let's look at their off uh, their defensive line and i mean they're pretty much set already at their that their, their first four i mean they have brandon graham they have fletcher cox they have Derek barnett they have timmy jernigan and then yeah. even and, and one big thing about their defense last year was with, they were able to rotate in four so Which they mean, can still do yeah and, and you're still i mean michael bennett might not be your starter but he's at least going to get snaps and mm-hmm. I, I think that's something where i, I mean, he's got to kind of work for it and i, I like mm-hmm. that because he's going to be working against you know with chris long he's yeah. going to be working with michael bennett and even though he's Michael Bennett's kind of an asshole off the field. And, and that's or even a little on bit more of too. what I'm worried about. He's is, still good. is it going to be kind of more locker room issues? Because mm-hmm. this team, I mean, you know, this was a team that gelled yeah. together so well. So well, in fact, that they got uninvited from the White House because literally none of them, besides like six, were going to show up. Let's 
I, let's not bring up politics because we know they someone's going to jump in. So well mm-hmm. is what the point is to where it was almost hive mind like. Yeah, and and that's one thing too that I think it might actually benefit Mike Bennett too because I think Pete Carroll really let those personalities flourish. I mean, that was one thing yeah. that was great about the Legion of Boom was that these guys had personalities. They were trash talking. They were you know really brash on the field. Philly, while they you know they they do a lot of talking on the field, and I think like I think they're going to let their play talk for them. I think having that hive mind might be good for a guy like Michael Bennett because if he talks out, it's fifty two other guys going up against you yeah. um, instead of you know you letting that kind of culture uh, flourish and and kind of you know a culture. I think having you know the Eagles where you're going to have everyone for the team rather than everyone for yourself where it was in Seattle. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for, for, for Michael Bennett, which, you know, again, he's still a great player and that might be the you know most beneficial to him is at least, you know, kind of having a team that negates his personality. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the draft, I mean, they, they didn't have an opportunity to do too much. I mean, they had their second round pick Dallas Goddard and then they didn't pick again until the fourth round. Yeah. So that is great though, in the sense that, you know, with guys like Trey Burton leaving, um, I just knocked down my water bottle. Uh, Brent Selleck no longer with the team. These are, you know, this is a nice replacement. I mean, you're probably getting your number one tight end um, here who you can really rely on. I mean, you still got Zach Ertz, too. So, I mean, that's that's one thing is you really yeah, don't yeah. need a, a, I mean, he's a guy that's going to be developing. And they, they do run some two, two, two tight end sets where mm-hmm. he's not going to be a guy that you need to rely on. He can be a guy that's at least going to work in small bunches. Yeah. He's going to get his snaps in, but he's not going to be a guy that needs to and, step in for a Super Bowl champion. And that's the thing, because this, this Philadelphia uh, Eagles offense has really good pass catchers. But the thing I like about it a lot is that they're not... You don't have Des Bryant out there. You know, you don't have your absolute way better than everybody else type of guy. Aguilar, Wallace, well, Alshon Jeffrey. Do we think Alshon could be that guy? Because, I, I mean, he had a really good season last year. He did, year. but it wasn't statistically, it's not like he blew everybody out. I mean, mm-hmm. he, was he like, what, 800 yards, I think is what no, he I was? Think, yeah, I think he had over 1,000, a, 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 a right? Or no, it was se- very close. 789 is what I just pulled up Or he was on pace year. for 1,000, and then Foles came in, and he just kind of fell off a cliff. Which is very true. I mean, we do need to put the note of Nick Foles. There was transition time with Nick Foles, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the last two games, he had zero, zero yards and then eight yards. So, mm-hmm. I mean, in the first... Uh, 13 weeks, um, really, in, until that Carson Wentz game um, at, at LA, he had 732 yards, and yeah. you know was had eight touchdowns. So I mean, he was a, he was a guy that really had a good season. And, he and did per 16 games mm-hmm. using those those numbers, he had 900 yards, 10, yeah. 10 touchdowns. And I mean, we love Alshon here. We I mean, Alshon was a fantastic pickup for the Bears. I'm glad he won a Super Bowl. I wish he didn't do it the immediately after leaving the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, but and I th- well, and he guaranteed that they were going to win. He did, uh, but I, I think. Um, but I don't, having I don't Carson Wentz that. for a full season, I think, yeah. or possibly a full season, close to a full season, mm-hmm. will really be a benefit to him because even in the playoffs when Foles took over, he came back and you know had sixty-one yeah. yards, eighty-five yards, uh, seventy-three yards, and had three touchdowns. I mean, he was really good in the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. I think Alshon could still be a game changer. I don't really use that as a knock, though, the fact that he didn't stand out too far above everybody else. Because to what I'm seeing that as is this is a team where it truly is a team mm-hmm. effort out there. You know, Carson Wentz can throw it to any of these guys and know that they will, in fact, you know, be 
catching the ball, moving down the field. You know, this team didn't have any 1,000-yard receivers last year. And, you know, of course, Carson Wentz injury and all that, too. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because that's only room to go up further, move up more. But it's a team where it's pretty balanced. You can't just focus on Alshon Jeffrey mm-hmm. because you got Aguilar, Wallace, and Ertz there as well. And I think one thing, too, is we see consistently with Super Bowl winners, it's not really, you know, who the the star playmaker is, who who's the guy that's consistently catching balls. You could still have Hall of Famers as your running back, as your wide receivers. But if your quarterback is the guy that you consistently say, all right, this guy's making the difference, that's usually the team winning the Super Bowl. I mean, let's look at Peyton Manning. He had Marvin Harrison. He had Reggie Wayne, both of those guys Hall of Famers. But we still talk about Peyton Manning as one of the best of all time. Tom Brady had Randy Mullins. He's had Rob Gronkowski. He's had Julian Edelman. He's had Wes Welker. But we consistently look at Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. Same with Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben. Even though, I mean, Antonio Brown might be the reason why Big Ben's having success right now. Same with Le'Veon Bell. We still look at Big Ben as the guy. And Big Ben's still a Hall of Famer, probably a top 10 quarterback of all time. So Carson Wentz, again, maybe he doesn't need the, he has really talented players on the outside. Mike Mike Wallace, Alshon Jeffrey, um, Zach Ertz, and, and JHI. Um, but again, Carson Wentz is the focal point. He is the main yeah. piece, and that's that's really the the true testament of a great team. Not having a great wide receiver, not having you know the best wide receiver of all time. It's just making sure. I mean, even let's look at Jerry Rice. I mean, we consistently talk about Steve Young and Joe Montana, even yeah. though Jerry Rice was an unstoppable machine. Exactly. So, I mean, you need to have that quarterback that again is going to be able to distribute it, so he's not putting that pressure and kind of letting you focus on one guy. Um, so again, having Carson Wentz and having even hell, I'll, get, I'll give credit to Nick Foles. Having those guys that can really distribute the Super ball Bowl MVP to, Nick to, Foles. to everybody, yeah, to, mm-hmm. to everybody on the field, that's really going to make Alshon yeah. Jeffrey step out because we need to go into to, to him in big moments and make sure he makes that catch and he can you know catch a, a ball in the back of the end zone. Um, he's not going to be double coverage because they know you're going to him. Um, having a guy that can really distribute around yeah. to Zach Ertz, Mike Wallace, uh, JJ, Darren Sproles out of the backfield. It, that's going to be the biggest thing, and mm-hmm. I think you know Alshon Jeffrey can still be that you know game changing playmaker. Yeah, one thing that's that's important to look at though is with some of these changes here. I mean, Legarrette Blood is gone, yeah. so he's not going to be there. Um, Jai is still there, and that's definitely a great weapon to have out of the uh, backfield. But Darren Sproles. Not quite the same Darren Sproles as he was before when he was younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corey Clement is the kind of, we just still don't know completely what we're going to get out of him. I mean, he shined when he had his opportunities, but just didn't get too many of them. Um, So the question really, I think, if there is much of a question here on the offensive side of the ball for the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles is, is this running game still going to be one of the absolute best like it was last year? Um, I can easily see it taking a step back, but when you're at the very top, you know, of rushing offenses last year, step back isn't that big of a deal. They just need, you know, a guy like Corey Clement or Darren Sproles to step up a little bit to help Jay Ajayi because he's definitely going to need it. And even Wendell Smallwood has been decent in in the the limited touches he's gotten. So I I think, again, having those four backs can still give you consistent looks. And even then, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. They they picked up Josh Adams as an undrafted free agent, and I really liked him. I thought he was going to be drafted. They end up scooping him up, and we look at his last year um, with Notre Dame, almost 200 yards uh, or 200 attempts rushing the ball 
1,300 yards, averaged 7.3 carries per game, nine touchdowns. He's a guy that can really break tackles, can really be a kind of a bruising back, um, and really show some speed. I'm I'm interested to see how he develops and how he turns out as an NFL pro if he does get a lot of snaps. Um, You know, if Darren Sproles is able to stay healthy, though, you do still have four guys that can consistently rely on. And maybe Darren Sproles isn't the same Darren Sproles, but he's still going to be consistent and reliant. So I'm not not too worried. Even if Darren Sproles is like your fourth back, he's Mm. still a guy that's going to consistently Assuming he's there. I mean, someone's going to get cut. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it most likely will be Smallwood, though. Probably. um, Just as other guys are kind of just Mm -hmm. above him in the order. The only thing I could see them maybe saying with Darren Sproles is if he just doesn't have it in him anymore is really what it could be. Um, You know, for for Philadelphia, this is such a solid team. They came on so strong last year, and we had some great – showing uh, in that rookie season some great flashes out of Carson Wentz a couple years back. You know, they still had the hard schedule that everybody else has. But my question I have to ask with every single Super Bowl champion that just dominates people is, do we see a 15-1 type of Green Bay Packers post their Super Bowl? Do we see them run the table? You know, because they were 13-3 and last year. Yeah. They were not far from it. Can mm-hmm. this team be... The other team, besides the Miami Dolphins, you know, to completely run the table and just knock everybody out, maybe even get an 18-1 and perfect season. Well, and even that, too. I mean, they were looking at, you know, possibly even only two losses last year until, you know, they had to go up against Dallas with Nick Foles and Mm -hmm. they completely crapped the bed in Week 17. Um I think this is a team that can be really, really something special. I, I think you know they're going to be favored in every single game. And even though we talk about the the tough schedule, having to go up against the NFC South, um, having even to go up against the uh, AFC South, I think this is a team that's going to be favored in every single game. The only one that they might not be um, is probably the game at LA, and then maybe the game at New Orleans. Um, even then, I think they might even be the favorite against New Orleans, too. Um, this is a team defensively that they're so solid at every single level. I mean, we talk about that defensive line being able to switch four guys in and out um, and still be able to keep the quality on the field. We look at the linebacker situation. You still have guys like uh, you know Nigel Bradham. Um, you still have uh, a really good uh, middle linebacker in Jordan Hicks. Um, and then even we look at the secondary, uh, you know, Sidney Jones is a guy that has a ton of potential on the outside as a cornerback. We look at Ronald Darby. Um, you know, he's been so good um, throughout his career. And we look at Malcolm Jenkins really as one of the leaders uh, for Philly. That defense is going to be consistent. They have depth. They have stars. They have everything you want in a Super Bowl champion. And then we talk about that Eagles offense with Carson Wentz. I mean, he's an, he's an MVP. Um, so I, I think this is something where, again, we might see a 14-2 team. We might see a 15-1 team. I think the biggest question marks is can they win at New Orleans? Can they win at Los Angeles? Um, and, and, you know, how much will the um, division opponents give them trouble because I think this is a team that can go 6-0 and um, in the division and just completely run the table and you know run away with this division because um, we've talked about the question marks with Dallas, with Washington, with yeah. with New York. There isn't really that question mark with Philly. It's just how good can they be? Yep. Um, it's, and they're, it's, they're it's, one, how will they deal with the targets on the rack? They're one or two question marks being mm-hmm. like the defensive line just had quite a bit of shifting yeah. or, you know, not having LeGarrette Blunt, so the offense or the running backs might be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Those are such small yeah. little question marks because we're even insane. Will the defensive line be as good? 
But we're acknowledging that they're still really good. Mm -hmm. It's just, are they going to be as dominant? And something this Eagles team thrived off of was controversy, was being the underdog. I mean, we yeah. saw the the whole dog masks um, throughout the season, and that's because Carson Wentz mm -hmm. was out. They really were pushed up by having Nick Foles, weirdly enough, as yeah. the as your quarterback. How will being the guys with your target, the targets on your back, having yeah, you're Carson not an Wentz, underdog anymore? You're not. I mean, you're a Super Bowl champion. Expect to go 14-2, even or uh, possibly even undefeated, like you mentioned. Um, how will you deal? With that, I mean, I think that this team can deal with it fine. I think they're going to be, you know, great. I mean, they seem like they're a you know, really strong team. They're, they're really well put together. Uh, you know, Peterson looks like he has a fantastic system running so far with the Eagles. It's just, you know, when it comes to the playoff time and consistently having the target on your back, how will you deal with it after going up against, you know, Carolina, New Orleans, um, Los Angeles, uh, you know, Atlanta to start off the season? How will you deal with playing a tough schedule already and then go into the playoffs and have to do it again another yeah. time. We don't see a lot of repeats in football for a reason. What last team to do it was the Patriots back in 2003, yeah. 2004. I mean, it's it's been a while since we had repeat champions. The Eagles have enough to do it. I think they have, you know, the best shot of any team and they probably should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl again, but that doesn't mean much after you go through a 16-game season, especially if Carson Wentz unfortunately goes down again. We don't really know what this team would look like, yeah. you know, being the favorites and then also dealing with injuries. Injuries and can hit anybody with, with 16, on your team. Yeah, 16-game schedule. You know, even something that might feel small, like you lose a linebacker or something like that, can create a big hole that mm -hmm. other teams can go at. Yep. You know, one thing that I, I love to look at with the Philadelphia Eagles is we just get excited about just we're not Philadelphia fans, but I mean, it's just it's beautiful to see is this differential. You know, they have a they have a ten point two point differential between how many points they score on average and how many points they let you score on average. That is shocking in the NFL. Yeah, to to score twenty eight plus and to give up only eighteen. That is a huge. Difference. The thing that we got, I think, remember with the Philadelphia Eagles, it's very hard for teams to completely go out there and repeat and win a Super Bowl or just be as good as they were when they have a dominant season like that. But even if these Philadelphia Eagles are a 10 and 6 team, an 11 and 5 team, which mo many would consider kind of a down, you know, from what they were last year, that's still good. That's still good enough to get in the playoffs. It's still good enough to probably win this division. Uh, they. They're going to be back. The thing that they have to kind of compete with, like you're saying, not being underdogs anymore, how does that change this mentality? Because this was this team had a lot of swagger. They had a lot of attitude. Can they still have that this coming year? And is it going to be like a Legion of Boom thing where eventually that kind of ate away at the team and made them less successful years down the line? I think what's going to eat at them is just – the fact that you're going to get older and these guys are going to demand more They're money want to and, get paid. Yeah, and you're going to you're going to deal with salary cap issues rather than um, personality issues or even injury issues with, uh, with with Seattle because I mean this team again like we we talked about at the start of the the the, the segment that this is really a team this is a culture that they have a lot of leaders they have you know strong veterans on this team with uh, you know compared with a lot of youth on this team i think this is a really put together unit and i think the biggest thing that's just going to you know go after them is the same problem the patriots dynasty 
um, hit after was just salary cap issues. And you're going to have to move on and make important decisions. Yep. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And it's, are you going to be able to handle it like, you know, Bill Belichick has done, be able to create a year, you know, 16 year long dynasty? Or will this be like Seattle where now we're looking at you and you might not even be, you know, the second best team in your division now, um, the way with John Schneider handle it. So I think it's really with the Eagles is, we know they're going to, it's kind of like with the Cubs right now. We know they're going to have a shot at the Super Bowl every single year, but will they be able to do it? Will this just be an NFC championship team? How will they deal with, with yep. being a favorites? Um, how will they deal with the salary cap? How will they deal with, you know, making sure they keep having pieces that, you know, rotate in and add to your team? I mean, they did it so far. I think this team is, you know, not better than they were last year, but I think they're you know still on the same level because yeah, you're getting Carson Wentz back. Sure. You're adding Michael Bennett to that already great defensive line. If um, anything goes wrong, you have Nick Foles there either mm-hmm. to come in if Carson gets hurt, yep. or let's say you need a wide receiver because you had two of them get hurt. Well, I got a pretty good Super Bowl MVP quarterback backup here that I can use as trade bait to get whatever I want. Yeah. You or have maybe they even there. go sign Des if he's still available. Yeah. So I, I think you know they, they still have the ability to add to this team. Um, and and one thing too that they we really didn't talk about is Lane Johnson was suspended for a, a large majority of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Now they're getting him back. So that's yep. even a, kind of another addition. Um, even even to this team is that you're getting your right tackle, a guy that's been a stud so far. Yeah. Um, you know, back to this team. So. Again, the Eagles. It's really what will they do? It's not you know you know the questions mark of how good they will be. It's really or you know how how successful will they be? It's really can they just win the Super yeah. Bowl again? And the the hard thing for the Philadelphia Eagles is you look at the AFC and who might be in the Super Bowl. Well, you got the Patriots, mm-hmm. and maybe you want to put the Pittsburgh Steelers in the conversation. But when you come to the NFC, it's we got the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got the Minnesota Vikings. We've got the L.A. Rams. We had the New Orleans Saints. You might be able to make an argument for the Atlanta Falcons, but I still think that Sarkeesian's a bit of a question mark for that of if he can really be successful. Um, but even then, you have double the amount of teams that you can make a very solid argument that they will be in the Super Bowl yeah. this coming year. So there's just more competition, and Philly will for sure run into at least two of those teams in the playoffs. Well, and that's one thing, too, is now this young Los Angeles Rams team has gotten better, both adding personnel, but also have gotten older. Sean McVay is now in his second year. Jared, Jared Goff's now in his third year. Um, we look at uh, you know San Francisco. If San Francisco is legit or not, now you're adding another team that we really didn't think about. Yep. Um, at the, the NFC South, like you mentioned, is, is horrifying. And maybe if Sarkeesian's able to put back together this, this Super Bowl team— Atlanta might even be you know uh, the best team in the uh, NFC uh, in the NFC. Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. Detroit added Matt Patricia, which you think will help this team. And the Vikings turned from Case Keenum to Kirk Cousins, and this team's just going to get better too. And they have the pressure of your windows closing now. You just exactly. added uh, a, a, a Kirk Cousins, and now you're you know that defense against, is getting older. Yeah, and you're going to be going up against salary cap issues with that defense. So you need to start winning now. Philadelphia might be a team where they don't have that urgency because you still have Carson Wentz, who's only in his third year, um, and you already won a Super Bowl. You kind of took that monkey off your back. Not having that monkey off your back is going to at least, you know, give you less of an edge this year. Not being the underdog is going to give you less of an edge. I think it was a perfect storm for Philadelphia. It might not be a perfect storm for them. It might be the perfect storm against them that, you know, really puts them away from winning another Super Bowl. Because if you go up against Tom Brady after going through the hellacious NFC um, in the playoffs, you're going up against Tom Brady that you just beat, and you're going up against Tom Brady that's older that really might be looking at his, well, one of his final chances to win a Super Bowl again in his career. So it's something that it's going to be really tough for Philly to repeat 
they have the pieces to do it. They have the coach to do it. It's just really, can they go against that perfect storm and really go up against the odds again and do it for the second year in a row? The interesting thing for the Philadelphia Eagles, though, when it comes to these Super Bowl chances, these playoff chances, they're going to play the Falcons. They're going to play the Jaguars, the Panthers, Mm -hmm. the Saints. They're going to play the Vikings. You know, they're going to play pretty much all these teams and the Rams included that we talk about as these other Super Bowl contenders. The only one they don't really play are, you know, the Steelers and the Patriots. But in the NFC side, at least, which is important, they get to see all these guys once in the regular season. I think that hurts them, though. Because now, especially if you win that regular season matchup, that mm-hmm. gives the other team the edge of, all right, we already We've saw seen them. you. We know what they do. Yeah. Now we got to get the revenge and, and beat yeah. you and also you're the Super Bowl champions. I think it more it puts more pressure on the Eagles because if you beat them in the regular season, you have to go prove it again. This is a team that you already beat. It's hard to beat a team twice. Saw. Yeah, you, you have to beat a team twice. And these are playoff teams that you're going up against. This isn't the fucking you know, New York Giants. You, know, yeah. you have to go up against legit teams in the Rams. Um, I, I think this is going to be something that's really going to be um, a difficult time for the Eagles to repeat. Again, they have the pieces to do so. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, how they step up, how they come together, how Carson Wentz comes back from injury. Because if he's not 100% healthy, he might not be ready for week one. If he comes in week two, week three, he's still not fully healthy. People might be being like, hey, let's throw in Nick Foles until he's 100% healthy. And you yeah. have that luxury, but then again, you don't want to kill his confidence. And, and Carson Wentz is still the better quarterback of the two. Um, I doubt they would actually pull him You know, once they start him. I think he's going to be yeah. the starter um, unless he gets injured again. Um, but you know, if they have that, that's going to be something what Philly media is going to eat up, that Philly media is going to you know, be pushing against. And Philly fans, they just got a taste of a Super Bowl. They're not going to start being like, oh, it's fine. You know, yeah. Philly fans oh, are going to sure. want you know more and more and more, and rightfully so. This is a team that can win the Super Bowl again. And Carson Wentz, I love how he, when he's ever asked about it, he's like, Basically, to paraphrase, he just says, Nick Foles knows his place. <laughs> you know, it's essentially what he's saying. He says it a lot nicer because Carson Wentz is a great guy. And, uh, I mean, really, really great guy. Just look at the things he's done on, on the offseason. Look at the way he calls a clipboard, you know? Yeah. He's great when he's holding that clipboard. Leader. They won a Super Bowl when yeah. he's holding the clipboard. You know what? That's the, that's the fact. If he holds a clipboard, they win Super Bowls 100% mm-hmm. of the time. I called him Clipboard Carson when he was coming out for a reason. Yeah. Again, I might have been wrong that saying Jared Goff was a better quarterback. But I still said that he would be holding a clipboard in the most biggest and, and important games. And he has a ring because he was holding the clipboard. Exactly. But thank you, Sean, for, for joining us on the Onside Kick today. Thanks for having it's, me. It was fun. I mean, I'm sorry that you had to talk about the team that beat your favorite, uh, Tom Brady. It's okay. Um, but it's all right. And let us know. We'll get him this year. Hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> for you guys. Uh, <laughs> you guys don't want that. Yeah, I, I, I would rather not see yet another Patriots uh, Super Bowl. But Do you want to see a Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl, though? Would it be better another if it's one? a rematch? The only reason I would be willing to see uh, another Patriots Super Bowl is if it's a rematch. I agree with that. Or okay. if it's the Bears. Yeah. Because the Bears, 100% no, of the time, don't care who they're going up beat the Patriots in yeah. the Super Bowl. Um, so... We're good odds here. But let us know what you guys think about the Philadelphia Eagles or any of the teams that we talked about. Uh, who's winning this division? Who's going to be at the bottom? Uh, any of these people going to win the Super Bowl? Let us know in the comment section. Hit the like button, the sub button, so you know all the other ones we got. So far, we've only done the AFC East, so there's a lot more coming. So you definitely want to hit the sub button. I do want to throw this out there, though. Yeah. Let's let's if, because we brought up a Bears Patriots Super Bowl. We're not going to be able to talk about this because I'm not on the outside kick that much. For sure. Let's look at the Eagles last year. They had a second year quarterback. Yep. He got injured. Hopefully that doesn't happen with Mitch. But who is the backup? Former Eagles quarterback. You know. 
Chip Kelly system. We look at, or not Chip Kelly, uh, Andy Reid system, Doug Peterson system, Chase Daniel. Is Chase yeah. Daniel going to be Tom Brady he's this the year future, the uh, Nick he, Foles. He's the future <laughs> Super Bowl MVP, Chase Daniel. One a singular Daniel. One, one Daniel. One Daniel. Uh, head to mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can check out everything going on. You can get yourself an MVP t-shirt. It does look quite nice. Uh, and patreon.com backslash mostvaluablepodcasts where you can become a patron, support the channel, but also be on any of your favorite MVP podcasts, whether it's basketball, college, football, games, nerd stuff. We got it all for you. Uh, and thank you guys so much for coming to check us out. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and all those places where you can review us and let people know why they should listen to us. But we'll see you next week when we talk about, you know, just continue on. I don't actually know which one we're going to talk about next, so it'll be a surprise for you guys. It's probably the AFC North or the NFC North. Probably AFC. That sucks. Because you really want to talk about the Browns? No, the AFC North is just boring. Steelers win. Wow. Well, you heard it here. You don't need to tune in next week, evidently. Uh, no. Come but, listen to see how bad the Bengals are and why they're going to keep Marvin Lewis again. Yeah, but actually, there's a, there's some exciting things. The Browns are exciting this year, kind of. Uh, so we will see you guys in two weeks, or actually, no, in one week. I'm so confused right Just now. Just on the podcast. I will see you guys. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the NBA draft. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.